Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. We got a few guests with us today. We have Matt Ramage, who is always fun to talk about with the Packers. And we have our buddy Steve here today, who during our extra episode on Thursday night, bet us a pie on the Bears-Packers game. And unfortunately for Steve, the Bears lost that game. So it's uh, it's up to Steve to take uh, take his pie to the face today. Yes, I do owe y'all a pie bet. I have to run the piggy wiggly and go buy a pie from somewhere and take the pie back, but I do owe y'all a pie. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers do own the Bears as usual. All right, so let's jump right in. First of all, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Packers offense. I want to know your guys' thoughts on the Packers offense versus the Bears defense. And then uh, once we talk about this game, I want to get into a uh, a tweet by one Skip Bayless. But uh, let's talk about this Packers offense first. Jake, uh, why don't you kick us off? Packers offense. So it was pretty pretty early. You saw that the, the Bears were going to be playing too high safety. So they're playing shell defense. They're keeping everything in front. We don't really have the ability right now. We have one receiver who can really beat them over the top, and that's Devontae Adams. So after you take away Devontae Adams, you double him. We don't have a lot of deep threats. We have a lot of underneath stuff. We try to get the run going, play action. So with MVS missing out, it was a lot of it was a lot of short stuff, 10, 15 yards, 5 yards, dump offs. You know what? I thought Aaron Rodgers did a brilliant job, man, taking what the defense is giving him, moving the chains consistently, staying ahead of the chains is something that he's talked about in football. So Rodgers, Dickens, Duncan, we got the running backs going. I thought A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones really did a phenomenal job. The offensive line, again, holding up. And, you know, Bakhtiari was back at practice today. So hopefully we'll be getting, you know, healthier. I would say against Arizona, not against Washington this week. But, you know, I thought the Packers yep. offense was running on all cylinders, man. Matt Ramage, welcome in. What did you think of the Packers offense on Sunday? Uh I, I liked it because the, the Bears have a good defense. The Bears always have a good defense. They always play the Packers tough. They're always a rivalry. And uh, like like he said, they, they just took what they gave them. They, 
don't try to force everything because I think that's when the Packers offense gets in trouble when they try to force everything to, to Devontae and they try to get certain things going. Just take what they give you. The Bears basically, you know, all but shut down the run game. There wasn't a lot of running. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm I, still upset about that uh, that touchdown I was taking away. I know Bears fans are upset because I think the refs were horrible. Horrible. And, like, every way. And maybe it was even more for the Bears than it was Packers. That touchdown, if it was, which I, I think it was. But that was such a beautiful play to have it taken away. But I, even, like, as it happened, because I, I live streamed in a game, I said, if, if the Packers, if this burns us, I'm not gonna blame the refs. I because the refs were so horrible. Anyways, I don't, that, that's the whole other thing. But yeah, I thought the, the the offense did what what they could do, and then and I think that's how the offense succeed is do what what they let you do, and I think they did that. And it unfortunately ruined like the one good play that EQ has made so far this year, which yeah. was kind of a bummer. But when you see the extended hands, that to me is always going to be the penalty. But um, Steve, you're a Bears fan. How are you feeling about the Bears' defense? A uh, different perspective on that. Like, piggyback what Jake said um, and what he said. I, I, the Bears and Packer game usually be close games and tough games. Our defense, we played good to me for three quarters. Um, like Jake said, we played two safety high mostly the whole game. And our tackling is very horrible. We missed a lot of tackles. Um we gave take away the deep threat with um, Devontae Adams. We gave up a lot of short stuff, like he said. Y'all pretty much took what we gave y'all, and we wanted to do that, give y'all the short game, but we couldn't tackle. Eddie Jackson missing tackles. Um, it just it was a bad tackling day overall. So just at the end, Aaron Rodgers made more plays than what the the Bears did, and y'all got the win. I wanted. I said it to Jake. I wanted the. I wanted the Chris Berman. On the A.J. Dillon jump cut, he's a big guy, and then he makes a big jump cut like that. It's not something you expect from A.J. Dillon, just like we weren't expecting him to be this effective in the passing game. Uh, Russell Warren's in the comments. He said the offense did well considering all the injuries we have along the old line. We really miss MVS. His He makes defenses respect his speed. Yeah. I think uh, as far as injuries concerned, I really, really think that the offensive line is where the Packers will most benefit from health. Not that they've done poorly – in uh, in the absence of David Bakhtiari and Elkin Jenkins, and hopefully Josh Myers is okay. Um, it sounds like it's not going to be an IR injury, but um, the Packers definitely need to be healthy everywhere, and uh, especially on the offensive line and on the offense as a whole. But uh, let's flip it around now. Let's talk about the Packers' defense. Steve, I'll talk to you first how you're feeling about the Bears' offense. Um, obviously, Justin Fields and then no David Montgomery or Daryl Williams because he's out with COVID. So um, how do you look at the offense after this game? I think we ran the ball football very well to have our first string and second string running back out. I thought we ran the football very well. We all know how the Packers secondary is. Everybody know how the Packers Packer secondary is. Um, I thought y'all played good up front. Y'all kept Justin Fields from getting big gains and scrambling. Um, I think still with the Bears play calling, they have to find a way to open up the football and let the young guy throw the football around. Um, you letting him throw short passes, five yards, six yards. We have a lot of deep threat receivers to me, and you're not using them. So I feel like they need to open it up, let Justin Fields sling the ball around, let him make the mistakes. We all know the Bears ain't going to go far this year. Like I said, I have to get him a three-year window to get far, that what I expect, but – 
<laughs> you have to let the young guy make his mistakes and let him sling the football around. And that's what I think the Bears play calling should be. Yeah, when we previewed the Packers Bears game last week, I, I brought up Marquise Goodwin, a receiver that I actually like. It's uh kind of unfortunate he's on the Bears. So I don't want him to succeed now, but they really don't use him at all. And the only time they they really took a deep shot on him, he drew a pass interference penalty. So I guess yeah. he did have that going for you. But uh Matt, how do you feel about the the Packers defense after this game? I I, I think I think the defense played well. But first of all, before I say that, I want to say like Justin Fields, I actually like, and I. I He's a bear, so I don't like him that much. <laughs> I like him. And uh, like what, what he was saying is like there's like a three-year window because like I, I agree. Like if, if you have a rookie quarterback, a young guy, just let him go out there and do it, sling it, go at it, let him get his bumps and bruises and stuff. Unless you have like a horrible offensive line, then I, you know, protect him because like Joe Burrow situation or like RG3, like they just get killed. But, like, these coaches, I think that they're, they're scared to do that because they're like, we're all going to be fired. So, like, in three years when he's good to go, we're going to be, you know, defensive coordinator in Washington or something or whatever. <laughs> so, like, I, I think that that's why they're they're not doing it. It's probably hurting them. But uh, if Justin Fields was on another team, I'd be rooting for him. Like, my son's a Packer fan, and he's all about Justin Fields. He's, like, a good kid. So, like, like people were saying that because, like, I, I, I trash the Bears a lot. But I don't really trash Bears players. I just trash the Bears like in general. I just joke around and just try to troll Bear fans. And people are like, you said this about Justin Fields. I'm like, no. The only like really Bears player that I've ever trashed is Jay Cutler. Oh, man. I hated that. Because- <laughs> <laughs> so I had I just made fun of him all the time. Like he was like a he was like a walking meme. So like it's it, it, he's good for content. <laughs> but I, I actually like Justin Fields. But uh I think I think I think I think the Packers defense is good. Like Jair's out with like when that happened, I was like, man, this is there's danger. Like, this is danger. And uh, I, I think the defense held up good. I mean, they are playing a, a rookie quarterback, but they kept them, you know, from running all. Because Packers' defense, historically, they have a, a quarterback, not even a scrambling quarterback, quarterback that's not like Tom Brady that's just going to sit back there, could turn into a scrambling quarterback. Like, anybody's a scrambling quarterback. A lot of years for the Packers' defense. So, like, they didn't let him, you know, tear him apart and embarrass him and, have them over on ESPN highlights. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like what what the Packers defense did. They they held them to fourteen points. But whenever you hold a team to fourteen points, like your, the defense did their job. Because if you can't score more than fourteen points, you don't deserve to win. Like, and uh, yeah. So like, I'm happy about it. But th- there's some tough games coming up. So with the whole, uh, like, I love what 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 Rogers did with the whole. I own you. I I I, I love trash talk. So like, that that, that was awesome to me. But like they, they can't. I, I don't think that, that that they are. But man, they they need to make sure they know they got they got some tough teams coming up, and uh, that are losable. Like I saw people on Facebook saying like, "Oh, you're Rogers is getting cocky." I don't think he's getting cocky. I don't even think he probably wasn't even proud of it. He said he doesn't regret it. But like you know, when you're like in the moment, you just start yelling stuff. I think it's great. But uh, I love it. Yeah, dude, like when. <laughs> When, when Randy Moss pretended to moon the fans at Lambeau Field, like as it happened, I, I was like, "That's awesome, I, I love it." And like Matt Hasselbeck said, "We want the ball, we're going to score." I love that. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't end well for him. But I, when it happened, I laughed. I was like, "I, I love it," I, even if it's against my team. I I just love all the trash, like the to all the celebrations, even when it was against us. Like I don't care. Like that, that's just fun. That's entertainment. Yeah. All right, Jake. Uh, sum up. What are you thinking about the the Bear, the Packers' defense against the Bears' offense? And then uh, hit me with your three stars. 
Okay. So first of all, Matt, you are speaking to my soul because I was born to be a trash talker. You yeah. Know many times, how many times I've been banned off of Xbox for trash talk. <laughs> and Facebook. Yeah, dude, I, I I love trash talking. It is literally my second nature. Sometimes I can't even help it. I'll trash talk my grandma. <laughs> like, can't help it, dude. So with that being said, to about the defense, I think our D-line is probably the most improved group on our team. I think Devon Campbell has improved our linebackers, but I think our D-line is the most improved group. They did a great job of rushing the passer and not over-rushing. They kept their they kept their rush lanes. They kept him inside. And that one sack by Lowry where he grabs on the fields. And this is probably one of the most athletic players yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Fields holds himself up by spreading his legs out. And I'm like, whoa. Like, dude, Justin Fields is a great athlete. Yeah. He does actually have very good touch on deep passes, yep. which will scare me in the future. But, it, it, well, that's if the Bears actually get a correct head coach. But – to, the, to this point, Justin Fields could turn into a very good quarterback. I see some of the plays. Yep. He just makes too many rookie mistakes right now where it's kind of like, I don't understand why he threw a couple of those passes up. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of just throwing some lucky passes up. And that Amos interception was not an interception. For all the Packers fans out there, I don't think that was a catch. It was really close. Possession as well. Talk about the first one? No, the, the, the one that one. Amos caught. Yeah. He, kinda, he caught he it like the side of his hand. Yeah, yeah he kind of trapped it. Yep. That's why I think the determination of he didn't have control of the ball is. If you would have had both hands yep. underneath it, I think. But trash talk, I want to talk about these three stars, okay? So my number three is Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I actually did think they did a very good job. Uh, Aaron Jones had 13 carries for 76 yards. He had four catches for 34 yards and a touchdown. He made that really nice, you know, step, stab and, and stiff arm to get into the end zone. He dove in. He looked like a badass. Yeah. Uh, AJ Dillon, he had 11 for 59. He had a couple big boy runs, dude, running into dude. people, just dog pile. Like, and the one run, the first, first run he had in the second quarter, where he, he cuts back. It was, you know, a zone run where it's either this this step or this step, right in the A gap. And he cuts, and that safety wanted absolutely zero to do with those gigantic tree trunk legs, dude. He said, Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to try to grab you. I'm like, Y'all know this, boy. I'm going to sit your ass down. You know, it, it is what it is. They had 2,435 combined. I think that's pretty good to churn that much out. Yeah, especially uh, against a defense like that. Yeah, the, yep, the Bears I are agree. tough, man. Uh, my second star goes to Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry. Uh, Kenny Clark basically ended the game by himself. Yeah, I mean, yep. it is what it is. He's a beast. Um, and Dean Lowry, it might be, if there was a most improved player award for teams, he's definitely our winner so far. And my number one star is Aaron Rodgers. Um, he took what the defense gave him. We've all said it. He hit seven different receivers in the game. He spread the ball around. The best Aaron Rodgers is when he's a little bit arrogant, I'm not going to lie, and he spreads the ball around. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Aaron Rodgers' confidence level right now is breathing through the entire team. And the one, the most important thing that he did, Matt, is he took the souls of an entire franchise and crushed them with one saying, and I will never, ever forget that. I will never forget that. Like, I can't imagine being in that situation where, like, you're in a crowd and everyone hates you there. They're all flipping you off, and you can still manage to just yell a few words, and then they're all just like, oh, this something. 
It, it was it was funny to me when he said it though. When I heard him, I said, "Wait, what did he just say?" And I heard him say it again. I said, "Oh, this dude right here is a bad." Boy. I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> I would never like if anyone said, "Hey, a quarterback in the NFL today is going to score a touchdown," and, and yell, "He owns the whole franchise." Yeah, like, I would never believe. It. And then to say it's Aaron Rodgers, like I would never. Like, can you imagine like Tom Brady, like or Peyton Manning back in the day? Or, like, there's it's so unthinkable. <laughs> So, like, if, even if it was against my team, I, and if it was, like, Brady yelling it against the Packers, like, if – but I hopefully – that's – I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> if uh, if it was against my team, I would laugh. Like, oh, that, that's just – I don't know. That's hilarious to me. It, it's so funny to me. I knew it was And coming. I think what really, what really did that in was stealing the discount double check on yeah, the sack God. and then – Oh, you knew as soon as Rodgers got even that he was flexing it. He was. He said that he he was on McAfee. He said he didn't see it. I don't know how he didn't see it. Like he's got to have eyes worse than yeah. mine. Oh, right. He's oh. a liar, bro. He <laughs> saw that shit. That shit was right in his face, dude. Yeah, that was right in his face. I think because I know that like, he said that he's friends with that guy. You know, he he's like, yeah, he's he like, that. yeah, he had to have seen it. Like someone that thing he did. He scored. He double checked. And yeah. then he just went on yep. with his little rent. He he saw that. That's why he double checked at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what I'm saying. But that's what people say. Like that, people like in the past, like oh, the Bears Packers rivalry is dead. This now, like dude, that the Bears Packers rivalry to me will never be dead. Nope. The Vikings, they they try to pretend like no, we're the bigger rival now. Like no, yeah. you're not. Like it's no, Packers, it's not. Bears, like it, even if you know the Packers got their number. A few, you know, lately or whatever. But like in the '80s, when I was a kid, my neighbor, my friend, was a Bears fan. He wasn't allowed to come over on Sundays. All my family be watching football, and then he'd come over, knock on doors, they're like, "Get the hell out of here!" He'd have a Walter Payton jersey on. <laughs> like, yeah, it literally wouldn't let him in on Sundays. And like, that's how like the rivalry started, like with me, because like his family, my family, they would all get along, barbecue and stuff. But like when it came to football, like it was not a game, like. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just I think that no no one can match it. I mean, I'm sure like there's Ravens. I'm sure they feel whatever they feel. But like as far as Vikings fans go, they need to like take a seat because they're like they try so hard. They're like the stepbrother that never gets invited to nothing. <laughs> and they're just trying, like, is it my turn, guys? Like, no. <laughs> we'll beat the Vikings though. We always beat the Vikings. So at least I can say that. The Bears always beat the Vikings. I would I would put the Bears over the Vikings. Yeah, we so, always beat the Vikings. I mean for as as far as Packers Bears is concerned, it's it's the oldest rivalry in sports. So I mean, it's yeah. never going away. It's always going to be like you know, this is what the head to head is. It's close. It's within like I think it's within like seven games now. I think the Packers have like a seven game edge in the head to head. So like it's it's super close that you know within the next ten years it could be completely different. You know, the Bears could be back in front. You know, whatever happens happens with with Rodgers and stuff like that. So like Packers Bears is always going to be a rivalry that people pay attention to. And even if it's not, you know, super competitive football, it's still the oldest rivalry in sports. Yeah, and I, but I think, for me, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was saying, but I think, I think the the, the players really feel it too. I, I I was on that. She's a TV show with AJ Dillon, and I asked him about it. I said, do players like really feel that? Like, I don't, because a lot of times they're friends, you know, with the guys on their side, because mm-hmm. it's a job. And he's like, no, a- we, we, Alan Robinson and Devontae Adams. Yeah. The, the, they 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 feel that rivalry and like I, I think even like even if it is their buddy like they, they know the history of it like they hear about it and I'm sure the coaches talk about it on both sides they, you know we don't want to lose like Bears you know when they hired Lovey Smith 
like just beat the Packers, like and everyone talked about that. Like, yeah, I, so I, I think this rivalry, it's not just with the fans. It's like the organizations love it. I think the, the players are all into it. And, again, the, the, this rivalry is the best. It ain't going nowhere. No, not at all. One of the best so rivalries for me, in sports. Yep. Absolutely. For me, looking at three stars, for me, Eric Stokes was my number three. Uh, he was targeted three times. He did give up three receptions, but those three receptions only totaled 32 yards, and he only gave up one yard after the catch. So to me, that's Eric Stokes kept everything in front of him. He's going against Allen Robinson, who's a good receiver. He's probably top 15 in the league. Uh, had kind of a down year, but he's had some really inconsistent quarterback play. Um, number two, I had the running backs. Jake already covered that with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And then number one for me was the D-line. I, I loved seeing Kenny Clark at the end of the game coming up big. And, you know, Steve, to your point about Justin Fields, he's got he's got a lot of potential. So we saw, I saw some things where I saw it's like, okay, Justin Fields, he can, you know, he's made some of these throws. Um, their touchdown drive towards the end of the game, he made a couple throws down the middle of the field that were, um, you know, NFL throws. And he's got the legs, but just a couple of mistakes that he made, the, you know, throwing the ball to the back of the end zone instead of throwing it out of bounds, you know, that obviously led to the interception. He almost had the second one to Amos. And then just taking sacks when you, you know, just at times you can't take sacks. Yep. Um, there was a third down play where, where Garvin caught up to him and sacked him along the sideline. You know, that's three or four yards there that makes a difference. And yep. then, you know, the third and long and then the fourth down taking two huge sacks in, in, in two uh, situations where you just can't take sacks. So um, Justin Fields, lots of potential, but uh, he's got to clean up the mental game a little bit and the physical yep. game a little bit. And then, uh, you know, an offensive line and, you know, the Bears could have something, but um, not there yet. So Packers still take this one. So Steve will have to get a pie to the face eventually. I want to thank Tyler for, for correcting me. I had the wrong Williams. It's Damian Williams. Daryl Williams is uh, on Kansas City. Russell, we're going to get there. We're going to get to the, the pass runners when we get into the preview a little bit. But um, I want to get into the Skip Bayless tweet. So – Steve, I'm going to kick this to you first just because I want to see your your point of view on it as a Bears fan about the barely playing out how oh, barely outplaying a rookie quarterback um looking slower than Tom Brady and then the typical I own you to Chicago. So I want to get your your feelings on that on that uh tweet by Skip Bayless. Y'all know Skip Bayless Really ain't a fan of Aaron Rodgers because he's a Tom Brady. Yeah, y'all all know that, but I really don't look at it as that bad. He, he, like you said, he played what the Bears defense gave him. The defense, like you said, played two safety high. They took away Devontae Adams and gave y'all the short stuff. So I, I just looked at it. Andrew, Aaron Rodgers took what y'all gave him. That's just typical Aaron Rodgers when you got a rivalry like that and you score and the fans booing you, throwing you the birds, and you get the last laugh. You. Anything will come out of your mouth. So, as a true Bear fan, I didn't take it as disrespect. I just took it as you got to beat the guy. Like you said, he's 24, what, 24 and 5 against the Chicago Bears? He, he do own us. Beat us in the AFC Championship game before. So, he do own us. It's just Skip being Skip. You know, Skip hate LeBron. And I think LeBron is number one and number two greatest NBA player of all time. So, that's just Skip being Skip. You know, and to me, Aaron Rodgers one of the, the all-time greatest quarterback that ever played the game, but he just don't have the rings as Tom Brady. So, skip being skip. I don't look at it as nothing wrong. Just skip being a hater, my opinion. 
All right, Matt, I know you saw that. I You had a, a pretty funny response comment to when I posted on the page. So I'll, I'll give you a chance to, to throw that back out there and give any other thoughts you have on that. I have a lot of thoughts about Skip Bayless. Like, I, I can't. <laughs> he, he's the Kardashian of sports. The Kardashian of sports because it, it's all it's, – it's just entertainment. Like, I had to mute him on Twitter because he would like, – I, I won't lie. He, he got to me. He gets to me. Like, when he tweets something – I just go off on Twitter. And I'm like, bust them all. Like, I had to stop. My kids follow me. <laughs> like, he, he, he just says stuff. Like, like he, he hates the Packers, which is one of the most franchises, right? Like, most, I wouldn't say the most popular, but among the most popular franchises. He loves yeah. the Cowboys, which is among the most popular franchises. He trashes LeBron, who is the premier athlete, you know, probably number one you know, talked about athlete in the world. Like, he, he, you don't hear him trashing the Dolphins. Like, he, he goes for the big names because it gets the views, it gets the clicks. He doesn't believe half the stuff he says. Then he, he's, like, he's posting pictures, like, on the internet in Cowboys gear, like, laying on the floor and throwing jerseys in the toilet or in the garbage can. And he's, like, 65 years old. He's, like, and, and he sets it up. Like, he had this hat, you know, I think, I think that's a couple years ago. Took the hat, Cowboys hat off, threw it in the garbage. And he has like a kitchen that's like, you know, like better than a restaurant. But like there's like there's like an oven in the in the in the garbage can in front of it, so you know he set it up. And I was like, 106. I mean, I do stupid stuff on the internet, so I shouldn't really talk. But like he just everything he does, I don't buy anything. I think he's a he's an actor. He's he's all entertainment, which I get. But like you can't really hate the guy because he's doing his thing. Didn't pay a lot of money to do it. I would do it. if they told me, "Hey, come on here and just say dumb crap." I'm like, "All right, if you're gonna pay me right, like, I'll say." I, I actually thought about doing it on my show. Like, I just started saying the most stupidest stuff. Some people might say I already do, but like, just <laughs> it gets clicks. You just say stuff like, "Like Tom Brady sucks," or "LeBron you know, is a choker," this and that. Like, people are like, "That's so dumb." Just like those lists they make. Like every week, CBS Sports, the NFL Network, every channel has a top five, top ten power rankings that mean nothing, and they'll leave one team off always. They'll, they'll, they'll drop a team like Tampa Bay or whatever team, and they'll drop like eight. And so everyone gets all crazy, like, are you stupid? They're all in the comments. It brings it up with them. <laughs> everyone sees the post. And it, it, it's all for sure. But Skip Bayless has a special place where I, I, I just like I would like to – uh, I, I wouldn't do anything physical. I, first of all, he he works out, so his old ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very top heavy, you know. But <laughs> I, can't I don't take it serious. So. <laughs> all right, Jake. What do you think about the tweet? Before uh, I really get into it and rip this apart. I, I didn't say anything about what he said. I just trashed him. But you... <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. I hate Skip Bayless because I love the Packers. And if you see this tattoo right here, it is actually for LeBron. LeBron is my favorite athlete of all time. So he hates the two things that I love the most. I have a tattoo for the Packers as well. So I have two tattoos for the things I love the most. (laughs) And he hates them. So I've always hated Skip Bayless. And I'm cussing at my TV. I can't anymore because, you know, like Matt said, I have kids now. So now I have to be a respectable human being. But it's like, dude, if I had Twitter, I don't know if I'd be able to hold it back, by the way. I just, man. Um, I, I, I hate that guy. He's garbage. 
He just says garbage. And he was a Tebow fan. Remember when Tebow yeah, first he came out? Yeah, better than Rogers. <laughs> I said, this man, he got to retire, dude. First of all, he's like 170,000 years old. I don't understand how he's still alive. But, like, I just – I'm trying to hold back right now because I really, really hate Skip Bayless. He ruined my entire high school childhood because he was just talking shit about LeBron. Yeah, because we used to always, like, you hear what he said, and then you're like, oh, I got to watch first take because the Packers did good. So that's what it is because, like, if you're a Packers fan, Skip Bayless trashes the team. Like, there's no way the Packers beat this team this week, right? And then you're like, ah, he's wrong. The Packers are going to win. So then the Packers win, and then you're like, oh, I want to hear what he's got to say now because the Packers won. So you get all those viewers, and then they lose – Everyone who hates the Packers, like, oh, Skip was right. Now he's gonna bury him. We all gotta watch. That's what the whole right. thing is. Like the the thing with LeBron, I'm not even a basketball guy, but like, how can you like really hate LeBron? Like, I get like sports, like he plays for the team you don't like and rivals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, just like LeBron does good things. Like he makes the earth better. Like all the money and stuff he does. I don't know. I, I couldn't hate on LeBron, even if he was like a rival. Like I'm not a huge basketball guy. I like the Bucks because I live in Wisconsin, and I'm glad they do well. But I, I, I'm not, like, you know, like, diehard. Right? I didn't want to claim that championship. Like, yeah, we finally did it because I, I wasn't there. And, you know, I mean, I watched, but, you know, I mean, like, it's not, like, passion like that. Oh, look at Steve putting on a Packers jersey. We should have done this from the beginning. That should have been part of the bet. Matt, I will explain why people hate LeBron. People hate LeBron because he's better than their favorite player. Yeah, he's better than every favorite player. <laughs> That's why people hate LeBron. I like that. That that looks good on you. He is, dude. He, he's gonna go. Down I was thinking that looks good on you, Steve. It does. We're gonna get you a cheese head and some fam locks to go with. You. <laughs> <laughs> My girl jersey I bought for. I lost the bet, so I had to buy it. Man, you're losing all the bets, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I lost a lot of bets that day. I had, I, I, I had to go to work the next day. I, I respect it, though, because someone who, like, stands by a team and then will not even just set, talk words, but, like, actually make a bet. Because people at work will do that. They'll be like, oh, Packers are going to lose. And then I'll be like, let's bet. Let's do something. And, like, oh, I'm not going to do all that. Well, then One thing about me, I'm a, I'm a diehard Bear fan, but also I'm a realistic fan, too. Sometimes you got to be realistic as a sport fan, too. If you know your team really ain't that good and you see a lot, they need to approve in. It's just like I call it. Like I said, the Packers going to win the division again. But like I tell Jake and like I tell Tyler all the time, every year when I go with, I'll go against them, the Packers are a great regular season team, but they're going to let the city of Wisconsin down when it counts. So. Yeah, we, the Packer fans have, like, the most bruised heart. Yep. <laughs> Y'all might go 12-4 and four again, but when the playoff time come around, I'm going to get the last laugh as a Bear fan. We get the last laugh. Y'all know it too. Yeah. So I think right. the, I'm the most optimistic fan that every year I'm like, it'll be different. Yup. I, I do the same shit, man. Yeah. I'm like, this is the year it's, it's, the, it's the meme. <laughs> it's the meme where it's like, I'm ready to have my heart broken again. Yeah. yeah. Every September, bro. It's coming. I can't wait. I'm gonna get the last laugh. Y'all might owe it to us again this year. But I'm going to get the last laugh as a Bear fan because I'm going to be sitting at home watching the Super Bowl with y'all. <laughs> I'm watching. All right. So Skip Bayless, first thing he said was Rodgers didn't even have 200 yards. He had 195. 
And Devontae Adams had a tiptoed on the sideline that was this far off from being like a 45-yard touchdown. That would have put him over 200 yards. It would have taken away his rushing touchdown, but that would have put him over 200 passing yards. He only had 17 completions on 23 pass attempts, which is a high, you know, that's a, a 74% completion rate. Then he also added seven rushes. So out of 57 total plays for the Packers, Rodgers was 30 of them mm-hmm. with the 27 or the 23 passes and the seven rushes. So Rodgers was over half of the Packers offense. And then on top of that, we already covered how effective the running game was. So that already, you didn't need a ton of passing yards because the run game was effective and what Rodgers did was effective. Barely outplaying the rookie quarterback. This was probably the worst part of the tweet because like we said, Justin Fields showed a lot of potential, but he's not near Aaron Rodgers level yet. No. Rodgers had the 195 yards. Justin Fields had 174. He only had one less completion, but he also had four more attempts. So Rodgers was at 74%. Fields was just under 60%. Obviously, the less yards, Justin Fields only had one touchdown and no rushing touchdowns. Rodgers had two passing and a rushing touchdown. Rodgers had a uh, quarterback rating of 80.1. Justin Fields was 40.6, almost double the quarterback rating. And then the passer rating of 128, and Fields was at 75. Then you get to the turnovers. Justin Fields had the interception to Darnell Savage in the back of the end zone, almost had a second one to Adrian Amos in the back of the other end zone. Aaron Rodgers, no turnovers. Justin Fields had a couple fumbled snaps too. Some of them weren't his fault, but it happened at least twice. And then the sacks. The sacks is a big thing here too because Rodgers was sacked three times by a really good front seven and some really good pass rushers that Chicago has. Justin Fields was facing a team just ravaged by injuries and was stacked four times and took two terrible sacks in situations that you can't take sacks in. So the whole the whole part of that tweet where he says he barely outplayed the rookie quarterback, that is probably the most garbage part of that entire tweet. Yeah. And well, just yeah, even comparing, like if you're gonna compare like Aaron Rodgers to a rookie quarterback, like I mean, like like any like Patrick Mahomes, you wouldn't compare like Patrick Mahomes to Justin Fields or whoever. Like even that have putting them both in the same tweet, the, the way he did it, and the whole like yards thing is stupid. Like Aaron Rodgers has played games where he had 400 yards, four touchdowns, and they lose by three in overtime because the defense failed. And then they're like, oh, Rodgers, you know, failed or whatever. But then when they have a, you know, defense does their thing a little bit, Rodgers doesn't have all the stats, and they win, and then they're still going to trash him because his numbers don't look fancy. Like, it, it doesn't matter what your numbers look like. If, if you win, yeah. unless you yeah. they win despite you. Like, if you have three fumbles on an interception and the defense is getting pick six, and so you win, the quarterback can't flex. But, like, if you don't turn it over, you're, like, doing what you're supposed to do, and, you know, the way he did it, like, that that rushing touchdown really topped it off for like that was a baller ass game. Man. Without that, I can see people saying it, it wasn't you know Rogers standards. But with that with that rushing touchdown, that's all I remember. Like I did a few podcasts, people like of oh, the game. I was like, all I know is that rushing touchdown. That was beautiful. <laughs> 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 I, I just love Rogers running the, the ball ever, except for I don't want to see him get smacked. But like when he runs that 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 little corner end zone thing, like it, it just it's like art to me. He did, the, he did the same thing against the Rams in the playoffs. The same exact play. Same. Yes. Yeah. 
Remember Brett Favre? He did a little poke right that one. The end zone. He always has to hold the ball out. Yeah, he always holds it out. When Favre had that one against the Falcons, I think it was the Falcons. He ran, and 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 he was he would. They told him they said, no matter what, don't hold the ball. You either snap it, you snap it, and if it's not there, you throw it out of the back end zone because it was like, like goal line thing. And then he snapped the ball and rolled right because there was like no time left to kick a field goal. And then he he ran, but he like turned sideways, and he like barely just got drilled, but he got the touchdown. Hard to explain, but it. I love quarterbacks, like run and not just like run up the middle. Like quarterbacks seem to be like rolling around. I I love it because like it's like especially like in those situations when a close game, it it, it just it's art to me. Like, I, I I like Mike Vick back in the day, Poof. except when he's playing the Packers at Lambeau Field. But the frustrating yeah. frustrating thing about it though to me that it never failed when he played the Bears. Well, it killed me with our linebackers. He is over their line. Why is you going for the pump fake? Like, oh, my. I, Every I, time. I'm looking at the TV screaming, like, don't fall oh. for the pump fake. Don't fall for the pump fake. He throw the pump fake. You fall for a touchdown. I'm sitting at the TV like, I'm going to broke my TV, man. Like, every time it's this pump fake he kills with. And he's above the line. He can't throw the football. So yeah, he does he it all the way down the field, too. He's just down the field. Too. He's running down the field, pump faking the ball, and they are still jumping in the air. I'm like, come on, y'all really got to be kidding me with this. Like, just get rid of the whole def- the, the whole linebackers right now, man. Y'all just, y'all just killing me right now. They just get rid of it. <laughs> Steve commented that if Jordan Love had the same stats line as Justin Fields, Skip would be chirping a different tune. I yep. feel like the the court of a public opinion wants Justin Fields to be good and Jordan Love to be a bust just for the sake of of flipping the dynamic of the NFC North just to have more things to talk about. Um, yeah. For me, we don't know what Jordan Love is because he hasn't had the playing time yet. So it's just there's Jordan Love is still a question mark. Justin Fields is getting his feet wet. He's showing some yep. potential. Even but I a- feel like the way the way that the Packers have been the last 30 years with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, I feel like the, the court of public opinion wants the NFC North to be yeah. well, it's to be flip. ran by somebody else. Oh, it's gonna flip. And yeah, it's Justin coming. Yeah. It's coming. You know, I the thing is, like, even it's with coming. Justin Fields, I still don't think that that you know. Like you get a glimpse, but like look at oh, Eli yeah. Manning in his first year, like Peyton Manning, like so many quarterbacks, like especially back in the day, were were horrible their first year. I mean, they were both those guys were expected to be great. Everyone's like, yeah, they're gonna suck for a minute, but they're gonna be great. And that game all the time, no pressure. Eli was horrible that first year. Like that was fun to watch. Packers played him that first year. He was just atrocious. And but everyone's like, no, they're gonna be. He's gonna be great. But now it's like a quarterback throws an interception in week two. They're like, oh my bust. Like this guy ain't gonna do. It. Or like, short love is the most hated player that's never. Touch the grass, like he barely yeah. did dressing this year. I think Jordan Love. I, mean, I don't know what he's gonna be like. People ask me, like, do you think he's gonna be good? Like, dude, I'm the last person. I'm no, I'm I'm a- no idea. But, but y'all gotta realize it though. Matt Lafleur, what Matt Lafleur, Lafleur, whatever his last name. He's a really good coach though. He yeah. is a really good coach. Yes, he I is. think Matt Nagy is not a quarterback coach to me. I think Matt Nagy want to be so bad like Andy Reid, and he want to be like Kansas City so bad, but. The things that he's doing with the Bears' offense, like he have talent on the offensive side of the ball. You have the receivers. Yep, he really you does. Have the number one receiver with Robinson, but you're not giving him a chance. Like the play caller that you putting this young quarterback in, I think it's not for him to be successful. It's like you putting him in there to get killed so you can go back to Andy Dalton or 
Nick Foles. You know what I'm saying? Not putting him in a position to win. We we know he's going to make mistakes. We're going to know he's going to do some things that rookie quarterbacks do. That's the NFL. Every rookie quarterback, they first year struggle or yeah. go wrong with what they do. So put see, him I in think... the positions to win and let him throw the ball around and see, see what you got. That's the only way you can know what you got is with him. But with Jordan think... Love, he got Matt LaFleur. I, I, I think he's really going to be good when he come around when this is time to play because that's a great offensive mind coach y'all got over there. It's yeah. a great offensive mind coach. Yeah, the, the, the thing with Jordan Love, too, is, is I always say like, if he is good, if he does have it, he's in a perfect perfect situation. He's got yep. Aaron Rodgers learn from him. He's got good coaches. Because yep. I think that the key thing about quarterbacks is, like, if you have a veteran, that's, like, obviously a plus. But if you – it's good quarterbacks. They have good quarterbacks, coach. Like, Favre had Holmgren when they had that special relationship. Yep. Rodgers and McCarthy, in his early days, McCarthy, they had a quarterback school. It seemed to work. But – like I, I'm not sure that that the Bears have that. But nope, like, we don't. A lot of a lot of those quarter those good quarterbacks have that coach that is like good at quarterback and, and he behind Andy Dog. Come on, man. If, if they if they <laughs> if they bench Justin Fields for like Andy Dog or Nick Foles, I think that's a huge mistake. I think once you put a rookie quarterback in, you got a plan. You got to you got to leave him in. If you yeah. pull out, that could ruin. I don't know if it would ruin his confidence, but it would just be a mess. Like yeah. usually, I think it ruins confidence. I think he's got more confidence in that. Like when when he when he said the game seems kind of slow for me, and like I think it was preseason, everyone was trolling him. I thought that was great because like people talk about quarterbacks and, like Aaron Rodgers arrogant. Like you can't have a quarterback other like I, I think I'm kind of good. We'll see what happens. Like you need a quarterback that's saying, "Yo, I, I'm 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 legit. I'm great." Yeah. Like you, they all say, like you talk to Peyton Manning, you know, all all these guys, Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady's not saying, "G shucks." I don't want a rookie quarterback coming in like I'm gonna do my best and see what happens. He's two or two as a rookie so far, so yeah, yeah. He, I, I, he ain't I, like the other rookies right now that's struggling. He's two and two, so I take that so far. Yeah. See, and I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati really put a blueprint together for what to do with a rookie quarterback, and yeah. they just they put him out there and said, just go for it, just full send, just do it, do what you do, and we'll you know we'll we'll adjust, we'll we'll put some pieces around you next year. You know, if if Chicago is in a position next year with some cap, I'm not sure what Chicago's cap situation is like, but if they can put like a little bit, if they can put an offensive line together and then draft, I think a, a slot receiver would benefit Chicago a lot to have a guy who's who can be a possession receiver. Like Allen Robinson is kind of that, but you know, like a like a Keenan Allen type or you know a Tyler Boyd or a Deontay Johnson, a, a, a guy that can move the sticks like that. They already have you know a, a good all-around wide receiver and Allen Robinson. They Like we mentioned, Marquise Goodwin, who's a, a good downfield uh, wide receiver, you know, slot receiver and an offensive line. And, you know, the Bears could be a much different team next year. But um, right Mooley now we're is, still in the I, building stage. I, I think Mooley is a a, a good slot receiver. It just you got to put him in a position to – I think we got a couple of good slot receivers. Like, again, you have to put your players in position to be successful. Like the Packers, they put receivers – like y'all had D3 receivers coming in, coming to play with y'all that looked it really good because your head coach put them in positions to win. Like he don't put the receivers – like the tight – we got some good tight ends over there. Like you don't put them in positions to be successful. So it, it makes us look worse than what we is on offense than what we really is. And that's that's my big thing with Matt Nagy. Yeah, the Packers kind of do that with cornerbacks. Like, like – like, remember, like, what was that? 
I forget his name, G- Gutner or something. I forget. Ladarius Gunter. Uh, Ladarius yeah. Gunter. Yeah, people trashed him because he got smoked by, I think it was Julio Jones. Like, yo, this dude was on the practice squad. Against Julio. No, like he got burned seven times or whatever. Well, like, yeah, supposed to. Julio Jones. Julio Jones. It's like him being at the park, like rolling up to the park. and like, hey, you want to play some ball? And he's like, okay. Right. <laughs> That's what it was. It was nothing for him. He was just holding his hand up. I didn't, yeah. That's crazy. Bro, Ladarius did a great job in that playoffs. He had to go from Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, yeah, he did. Mari, all he did. Mari Cooper and then Julio Jones. Yeah. That's tough, bro. In 2016. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he got roasted. Like you give up. That's the thing yeah. about being a corner, though. You you could like shut him down the whole game, which he didn't do it against them, but he did good. But like one play, and it'll be against like a top receiver. Like even like Devonta Adams, like a, a, a guy will hold him off a little. You know, he doesn't have any breakout play. Like when you have a receiver like that, you're playing against. All you want is not like a seventy yard bomb and like. Just, you don't want to be on ESPN. The next yeah, day. Break, you got angles. <laughs> Especially with Devontae with his route running. I bet corners think about that. Yes, like, they man, do. I don't want to be on here with my ankles and laying on the ground and there's going to be a picture of me laying on the ground while Devontae Adams is just running away. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> nobody wants that in their life. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the playoffs. I know it was only week, week five or week six. But listen to this. I was like, bro, I really hope that to – uh, digs for the, the Cowboys keep doing well because he's giving up all these yards. He keeps getting picks, and everybody just keeps forgetting about the yards, right? I want the Cowboys meet the Packers so bad mm-hmm. so Devontae can cook him for like three touchdowns. Don't they play like, this year? Not now? staying with Devontae. Do they no. play this year? No, no not this year. But, but the way it's looking, they might yep. play in the playoffs. Yep, y'all so go to the playoffs. I hope he matches up with Devontae because you give up a lot of yards, my guy. He do. He do. Yeah, I, I, the Cowboys probably will make the playoffs. I, I, I argue with so many fan bases on the internet. And his Cowboys thing was like, we're going to NFC Championship game, this and that. I'm like, you'll probably go to the playoffs because you have, you have a fast start, which they do every now and again, like every 10 years. They have like, a very you know, bad division. You'll coast off bad, and you'll start to suck, but the division you're in is just atrocious. Like, they shouldn't even Awful. give it to And the, Not that the NFC North is, like, some powerhouse this year or whatever. The Lions haven't won a game yet. But, yeah, the, that the, – that, the, and the, the, oh, I can't talk. The NFC East, like, was it last year or whatever? Like, they were just trying to, like, we don't even know who won, who's going to win this thing. <laughs> they, they, yeah. The yeah. Giants. Dude, like, like seven and nine might have got you in the playoffs last year. I think I think it did. I think it was like, oh, if they win this week, they're going to win it. Like, you know, if they win, oh, now it's like, if this team loses and that team wins. <laughs> Yeah. I have a question though. I seen Stephen A. Smith not to get off this off. It was like it was like week eleven. I got a question though. I seen the off topic though. I seen some. It was like a. it was like week about, eleven last year. Go oh, ahead. I, I seen Stephen A. talking about something on first take. Was it yesterday or day before? Go ahead, Steve. The Packers should trade for Odell with Devontae Adams. What do y'all think of that? I don't. I don't. I think if, if they're going to be trade for people, there, I don't think. I would love it. Like if if if, if it was happening, I don't think that they would use anything because they need. I, I I think in their eyes that wide receiver isn't a isn't a huge need for them because I think they're doing all right there. But like if you yeah. did have Devonte Adams and Odell Beckham on a team, Oof. like because I think Odell, like people think that Odell is done. He's not done. Especially I want him out of Cleveland. Side, he's gonna get favorable stuff, but I'm not sure that that they would unless they got him on the cheap cheap. But I think his contract is crazy too. 
Yeah. I'm not sure what, what his contract is. I think it's probably steep. Yeah, I think he's done after this year, though, if I'm not mistaken. I think this is last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, a free agent okay, next year. Yeah, he's a free agent. Well, it might not have been really crazy expensive, but, like, I don't know. I, I don't they, – they did some stuff today. I don't think that they'll go for wide receiver. I think that they like who they have. But yeah, that, that, that would be crazy. That would be, like, some Madden stuff. That's the stuff I do in Madden. I've, when I used to play Madden, I'd have all types of – it would be, like, some old receiver, but, like, it was, like, I would just have fun. It would just be, like, some really great, you know – but yeah, I think it'd be crazy fun because they can't leave Devontae alone. And then Odell, he would just – he'd probably go play for free. Like, hey, I'll play for free. Just let me have one season. I'm going to get paid next year. <laughs> for real. I'm going to play one year with Rodgers and get that, – that, that'd be crazy, though. But the Packers going down farther, going down further. They get to it within the season of going further in the playoffs. They're going to need another receiver to step up. Because Randall Cobb is – what's the point of going to get him? He ain't did nothing yet other than having that one game he had two touchdowns. He's but. he's he's a third-down safety valve is what Randall Cobb is. Yeah. As far as Odell Beckham Jr. is concerned, I, I just don't see it as terribly realistic because I feel like Cleveland would ask for like probably like a third-round pick for him, and the Packers showed they weren't willing to give a second for Julio Jones, so they're not going to give a third-rounder for Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I see a guy like Brandon Cooks being a more realistic uh, – more realistic that. target. Um, just because he's on, you know, Houston's not going to be asking for a ton for him because they're obviously not in a position to contend. Uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit about Houston when we get into the, the Washington football game because I have a little bit of a connection to make there. But, um, Steve, thank you for joining us. Do you have anything else sure. uh, Bears-related for you want to drop? We beat y'all in Lambo. We get our revenge back from <laughs> Rodgers. Hey, you know, this Let is actually – this is actually the, the nicest I've talked about the Bears ever on a podcast. Ever. <laughs> like, I was I've been trashing Bears fans so hard. And it's funny because like, this one dude I was talking to earlier, and then he then he's like, I'm not even a Bears fan. I'm a Bucks fan. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? You were just – I know most Bears fans ain't like that. I know a lot of Bears fans that go back and forth on Instagram, and they're loyal. I, have, I respect Bears fans. Like Viking fans, everybody don't respect. They just whiny little rat. <laughs> The Bears fans are loyal. They're just like Packer fans. They just they just uh, root, root, root for the wrong team. And, and, and there's history, you know, they're not like, you know what I mean? Like they have championships back in the day, like not even counting Super Bowls or whatever. Like they, they're older. Like they're, they're they're just like the Packers. And their fans are loyal. But I, I they're the most fun to trash because the fans are so fun because they are they don't take it serious or they're not like going to come. Like Viking fans like, I'm going to come to your house and cut your throat. I'm like, whoa, bro. <laughs> Quarterback. You don't gotta be all serious. I did have a few Bear fans tell me if you ever come to Chicago, you won't make it out of the airport. I'm like, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't go to Chicago anyways, just because I, I, just all it takes is one Bear fan to see me like one of my stupid videos, dance around singing the Bears still suck. But like, dude, I can go viral beating the hell out of this dude. Right. <laughs> like, Packer fan beat down in O'Hare Airport, and I mean, and that's good. like I'm not a good fighter, so I wouldn't even get beat up good. I'd be crying, like, ah, ah! <laughs> I'd be screaming. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even get beat up with dignity, you know. Just take it. Well, I, I, I'd be calling. <laughs> get this man off me. But uh, <laughs> no, but. Uh, Bears fans are all right. Don't, don't let it get out there. Uh, I don't want everyone to know. 
All right, Steve, thanks for joining us. We look forward to having you back soon so you can yep. take that pie in the face. Yep, appreciate it. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing. I love watching y'all show every time y'all come on. So keep doing what y'all doing. It's good to meet you, man. Yes, sir. Same here. Talk to you later, Steve. Yep. All right. All right. So I kind of teased this a little bit. Now we're going to move into the Packers versus the Washington football team. I mentioned this a little bit just because right before the show started, I started seeing some rumors of this doesn't, this is going to connect, I promise, of Houston being in advanced talks with Miami for trading Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins. Now, this, this ties in, I promise. This, this is something that it said that could be done by the end of the week. And then the next notification that I got said that it sounds like a three-team trade that might send Tua Tagovailoa to the Washington football team. Now, this is, this is a really interesting thing uh, because Tua's been up and down. He's had some highs, had some lows. They just lost in Jacksonville in London. So they're, you know, Miami's kind of in flux. But it sounds like they're they're still interested in Deshaun Watson, and they might be sending Tua to Washington. So this Washington offense, it's it's okay. Uh, it's it's basically Scary Terry and Antonio Gibson who might not play. He's didn't practice today, so we're kind of unsure if uh, Antonio Gibson's going to play. But I'm curious your guys' thoughts on what Tua Tagovailoa could mean to the Washington football offense versus the Packers defense if that trade were to happen. But like, would he even if it did happen? Would he even play? Like, could he just jump in there? Like, I mean, Ron Rivera is a decent coach, but probably not. But I mean, I mean, I guess it's up to them if if that deal gets done today and he's in Washington tomorrow, maybe. But think, just in I general, think, I think I think it'd be tough to go on. But even if he did, I think Packers would win by thirty. <laughs> I'm a very realist fan too. No, but I, <laughs> Start I calling you Skip Ramage. Packers by thirty every time. Like, who they play, I don't care. But uh, <laughs> you like that meme? Packers and four. Yeah, know, right. <laughs> That'll be like and instead of Bucks and six. Oh, that's kind of a thing on Twitter. Everyone says Packers by thirty, but uh. I, I do think it's interesting, like that trade, because I was listening to it on the radio I, on my way home. Uh, I think it was Mad Dog Radio or whatever it was. And uh, I think it's interesting because, like, if, if they trade them, like, are there going to be claws in there in case if there's criminal stuff and, like, all the stuff he's going through, he does get suspended? Like, because if you give up three picks and dude then the next day goes to prison or whatever, then – that's not that's not I obviously ideal. I think there's got to be some clause in there for that. And 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 it's interesting because that they said that they want a player too. They wonder like, is it going to be him? Because they were saying that same thing. Is it going to be him? Is there someone else that we're not thinking about? But uh, I think everyone assumes that's who it's going to be. But yeah, I, I think that trade is going to be like if if this goes through, could be like one of the biggest trades that we're going to see in a, in the NFL in a long time. I I don't know how much it means for Washington this week because I. I don't. I don't think that it's not like mad. Where you can just plug a guy in, but it's a fun thing to talk about. Like, unless like, who is Washington quarterback? Like, who is who, Taylor who Heineke? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know anything about Washington. Like, I don't think I've watched one Washington. But yeah, I, I do remember now that <laughs> that's the quarterback. Like, but I, I don't think I've watched one watch. They don't interest me at all. Like, they're they're in the NFC East, the worst division ever, and they just don't matter. Why but, would a team with no name interest you? 
Yeah, it's like I don't know. But they uh yeah, so maybe they would just for the hell of it. Like, hey, you know what what else we got to lose? Well, yeah, nothing to lose. And yeah. yeah like let's I, throw it, he gets his head cut off. <laughs> we'll go back to Heineke. But the, the thing is, because like not knowing the plays, like and how to get everyone in position, but maybe they're not doing that right now anyways. So I think that Heineke, like he, he had that run, that one run. I think it might have been a playoff game. Yep. Everyone was like, oh, that's the greatest thing ever. And like cool for him. But like that's that well, that was the highlight of your career, dude. Like it's <laughs> It's, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> so Heineke for the one, is, is a tough but, guy. He's a tough. He's a tough. Yeah. Guy. Sorry to cut you off. He, he's more of like a, he's like he can lead your team and bring toughness in the locker room, and we're going to grind this out. And that was kind of their identity, the team last year when they had a defense, but yeah. their defense is just so atrocious now. I was yeah. telling Tyler, you know, before he joined, I was like, dude, that is one of the biggest flips in the wrong direction I've ever seen in my entire life. Like they went from like, oh shit, Washington has a defense, you know. Chase beast, and he's still a beast. He can run so fast how big he is. But they're just so terrible now. I cannot believe it. And they screwed me in fantasy, so screw you. I hope Rogers throws seven touchdowns. <laughs> he's going to. So, so for Washington's offense, they started the year with a healthy Logan Thomas, who's on IR. They started with Antonio Gibson, who's a really solid second-year uh, running back. That's unsure if he's going to play. And they have Scary Terry, Terry McLaurin. He's really the only guy on their offense that concerns me. And with how Eric Stokes has played the last few weeks against some of the guys that he's played against, just you know, the last two weeks he's gone against Allen Robinson and Jamar Chase, and he's done a pretty solid job. Yeah. And a guy like Terry McLaurin is a guy you just got to keep in front of you. So if Eric Stokes can do that again, it this, this is really weird to say, but it could actually be a long day for Washington going against this Packers defense. And now, just today, I don't think it's going to happen this weekend, but they added Whitney Merciless, who yeah. has probably what I would say is the most badass last name in all of professional sports. But um, you know, adding him to a pass rush that already is playing like way overachieving with the guys that they're missing. And Dean Lowry, like Jake said, has been a very improved player. And then you know, adding Whitney Merciless, who's probably not going to play this week, but um, you know, a capable pass rush. And then we know what we have in the secondary with Amos and Stokes is playing. I mean, he's done everything you could ask for him, especially from a rookie cornerback. And we'll see if Kevin King plays. I I mean, Washington's receivers outside of Scary Terry aren't really anything to be concerned about. Um, and, you know, like I said, no Logan Thomas. I don't know if Darnell Savage is going to play yet. Don't know if Kevin King's going to play yet, but really it's going to be Eric Stokes on Scary Terry. And other than that, like Washington's offense could have a hard time moving the ball. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna I like I say, I don't know a ton about them, but that's because they suck. And they're not <laughs> worthy of knowing things about. I think the pack like <laughs> the Packers like little because actually like I heard someone else talk about this. Like if the Packers did blow out Washington, like just like one of those fifty six to ten games or whatever, just lit them up. And it's actually I don't think not that great for the Packers to do that. Because they have some really tough games coming up, and like, it, I don't think that players get like that. But it seems like sometimes, like they start to get feel who they are. But like, they got like was it Arizona? Yep, Arizona, Kansas City coming Arizona up. Arizona is a very, very good football team. Kansas City obviously is too. But Arizona is. I've watched some of them. Like they are. That's a that's a good ass team. That's a team that is gonna do some damage. Oh. So, 
Maybe it's good practice just to be able to whoop up on yeah, Washington. You don't want them getting yeah, too get a confidence builder. You know, they, they're you know the best thing in the world, and uh, I don't. I think that they know how good Arizona. I don't think anyone's going to play Arizona thinking, well, this will be an easy one. Like they, anyone who watches film, you know, they'll, they'll know. The thing about Arizona is their offense is just so good, and with our defense being banged up, it's going to be tough. We have to go out west. It's a Thursday night yeah, game. That'll just be. That'll be tough. You know, just going out west is tough. You know, and then you got to go against a team that throws up 35 points a game. That's going to be incredibly tough for us. Yeah. But the Packers can do it, man. We got Aaron Rodgers, man. You know, Aaron Rodgers just makes me believe every week. He does. Yeah, and I always believe. If, especially the this defense, the way they're playing with, with all the injuries, and the, even the whole team with all the injuries, they're still winning. They're 5-1. Yeah. Like, if, if you told people, like, beginning of the year, hey, the Packers, uh, Zadarius Smith can be out. Jair's going to miss some time. Uh, like, that offensive line, like what it is, David Bakhtiari, I mean, that was kind of known. But, like, people want that. Elton Jenkins missed some games. Josh Myers has missed a game and a half. Yeah, nobody would think. Five and one. Like, maybe me because I'm the most biased fan ever. Like, still undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, if, 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 you ask, if you told them all that after week one. <laughs> oh, and, and Devondre. God. And the Devondre Campbell is going to be one of the best linebackers in the league through the yeah. first six weeks. You could, have, you could have won some money if you gamble. Throw some money on that. Man, you could have won a lot of money. He's the number one rated I, linebacker in football right now. Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah, it's that wild. Cause I saw that on Twitter. They're saying Packers have the number one ranked rated uh, linebacker. But who would have thought that? Like, Nobody. <laughs> Never, ever have I seen that before in my life. I'm like, no. so, so let's flip it to the Packers offense, which is always fun to talk about. And before before I talk about the thing that I want to hammer on that I always do, uh, I want to give Jake and Matt a chance to talk about the Packers offense versus Washington's defense. Jake, I know you already kind of mentioned some things about it, but uh, Packers offense, let's uh, let's talk about it. Um, well, MVS didn't practice today. Uh, we were talking about the defense before, but I saw that Darnell Savage and Kimmy King didn't practice today. Um, so Wednesday, they, they kind of just hold guys out. It's light, light work anyways. Uh, you really find a lot of stuff out on Thursdays and Fridays. Yep. You know. But with that being said, I'm going to go over some rankings real quick. Just on Washington defense, they give up 423 yards total. That's a shit ton. They give up 309 passing. That's the worst in the league. That's they a give lot. up 113.5 yards in the rush. And then they give up 31 points per game. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't destroy them. If I don't see Devontae Adams have 12 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I'm going to lose my shit. This is a game. Uh, it's it's one of those games. I, the one thing that I really want, bottom line, is no injuries. Because it doesn't seem like we make it out of a game without freaking injury happening. You know, Darnell and Josh Myers were last week. It's like, let's just kick their ass. Let's get through this game, you know, injury-free, and then we'll be good to go. That's what yeah. I want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I say that the, uh, yeah, I, the, their defense is horrible and the Packers are going to yeah. destroy them. But yeah. I, what the Packers often seem like they're like, they're kind of switching up. Like, you know, Randall Cobb has a game. Lazard did, did a few things. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see, like, you, someone popping off like Lazard for 100 yards receiving or like just some random player, like, uh, EQ or Tanya game, dude. Yeah. 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 Yeah, probably like, yeah. He, he actually had some passes that were overthrown because Tunyon's not having the, the year he had last year. Or whatever. 
But like, I, I think that for the for this week, just run the ball a lot because like I think that that's key to the offense and just sling it. Like you're playing like this is like you're playing Madden on rookie. It should be. So like yeah. they shouldn't think that way. But I can. Can people always say like can't look past them? Like I can. I don't play. <laughs> it's kind of hard not to look past when we got to go play an undefeated team. I want to give him that first L, man. Yeah, like dude, like yeah, I, 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 I think the Packers are going to let him. There's no reason they shouldn't. If uh, if they don't, then they need to get their you know their shit right. But I, yeah. I think that they're going to win easily. I think defense is going to have a field day. They're going to be pumped up, motivated, and hopefully that helps them to go into these tough games. But like I, hopefully it doesn't make them too cocky. I don't think well, it will. First of all, we just had back-to-back road games. So being back at home is going to give them automatic juice. Yeah. And they're wearing the alternate jerseys. So you know yeah, yeah the new jerseys this week. Yeah, I, I so, think it, everything's pointing like for the Packers to just destroy yeah, them. We should go I, 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 I should go to that game just so I could witness that. Hey, I was going to ask you, are you going to go to the Bears game in Lambeau? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure what games are going to Because sometimes like games pop up like last minute. But yeah. I'm thinking about that one. I was thinking about it. With some people uh for the Bears game that I, I think that'd be awesome. Uh me and Tyler got offered tickets from this this guy I know. So we're thinking about going. That would be sweet if we could meet you there, man. Yeah. I, I only went to one Bears game before and this is 2019 and I was up in a box. Someone offered me tickets. Someone was like, Hey, you want to go to the pack game with me? I'm you know like, oh, yeah I will. And then I didn't know that it was up in the box. It wasn't like a suite. It was one of those you know the you know the yeah, yeah. Like, seats up there or whatever. And I didn't know we were going up there. I didn't know where to sit. I don't ask someone to want to go to the game. I don't like where the tickets are. No, I, I just, I, whatever, I'll go. It's free, whatever. And then <laughs> so I'm all bundled up because it's like wintertime, you know? And I got a hat. I got three pairs of socks on. I'm all geared up, extra pants. Yeah. And then yeah. you go to the seats, and we're getting on the elevators, and we're going up. Man, I was sweating like five minutes. I was like, woo, it's like 100 degrees in here. <laughs> I'm like stripping down. But then that dude I went with, he had a, uh, a personal thing happened on his phone and he's like, I got to go. I have a family thing. And I was like, Oh, hopefully everything's all right. Whatever. So he left and I was alone. So I didn't even sit in my seat. I just stood because in between like all the seats, there's like a space. And I just sat there and drank beer by myself. I was like, woo. <laughs> stood there like I was in my living room watching. And it was like the end zone seat. So it was, it was, it was a great time. It's weird being at a game by yourself. Especially in that, like, where I was. You can't yeah. even hear the crowd or anything. And it was, But that was my only Packer Bear game I've ever been to. I had fun, but I think it's more fun, like, being in the uh, – Yeah. Very cold that day. I saw people down there shivering. And I was up there sweating, like, woo, shouldn't have worn that. <laughs> I, went to, uh, I went to the Packers 49ers playoff game where they beat us in Lambeau, where Randall Cobble scored that touchdown on, like, fourth down or whatever. Dude, yeah. that game was so cold. I got hot chocolate, right? Got that shit in the second quarter. I was so cold, I was like frozen in my seat. I didn't try to take another drink of that till midway through the third. The son of a bitch was frozen. I said, "Well, guess I'm not drinking that, dude." I was frozen in my seat. That was yeah. the second coldest game in Packers history. Yeah, I, I don't like like the cold like that. I mean, I oh. I like cold. I'd, I'd rather cold than heat. I don't like. Yeah. I mean, just like general. I don't yeah, like I like Arizona heat. Like I I wouldn't do that. Like I couldn't handle that. But yeah, being at Lambo, like I was there one, one time and it was raining like sideways, and then it was, and then it got it stopped raining, and then it got really cold, and then like yeah. so everyone froze. Like you were sitting there, like 
freezing, and it was not a good time. Dude, we lost. That's, that was the hammer beers. The Bush Light's <laughs> supposed to give you the power, man. <laughs> I remember sitting there. Steve Smith torched the Packers that day. That was a long time ago. And I was like, I mean, it was fun because all pack games are fun, but it was like we're losing, getting rained on, and I see yeah. Smith dancing in the end zone every five minutes. <laughs> Miserable. Workout. <laughs> all right. So I got to do I got to do it because uh, I told I've been saying it. I'm going to have her on it every week. I got to do the third down report. Packers last week were two for eight on third downs and allowed four for 11. The Packers need to be better on third downs on both sides of the ball. Still, I'm going to probably end up saying this every week until we get to the playoffs and it kills us in the NFC Championship game again like it did last year. But Washington converts 34% of their third downs, so that's good for the Packers that they're not as successful on third down. And they all, oh, this is this is bad. This is probably also with Jake's stats about them being like the league worst. They allow 57.78% conversions on third downs. So if there's a game for the Packers to get right on third downs, this is it. Yeah. This is the get you your confidence booster heading into Arizona. So that's what I'm looking for. So I'm gonna get some score predictions from you guys. Hey, but before I do that, you know who's good on third down? A Viking. No, I keep seeing this post from Viking fans. Like, oh, the Vikings are whatever, like some good, you know, they're good on third down. And so I see his post. That's all they got to brag about. Like, what else are they doing? So then I just comment on every single one I see, and I just write three and three. Like, the record. <laughs> <laughs> and I just do this over and over on Instagram, on Facebook, everywhere. It's like, dude, can you imagine that your team, that's that's your, your you know, you're bragging the claim to success. Yeah, that's what you're, that's what you're holding on to. You know, someone's like, yeah, my team won. We're, you know, leading the division. Like, have you seen us on third down? <laughs> <laughs> like, we sunk the rest of the game. You know, we win half the time, but on third down, you better believe it. We're pretty good. Yeah, you guys are screwed on third down, man. First and second. I was start on third down. <laughs> We're going to spike the ball twice just to get to third down. No, uh, <laughs> prediction. More prediction. I'm going to go high at this one. I'm going to say 45 to 10. Ooh. That's pretty close to mine, actually. <laughs> uh, I, 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 dude, I make like 16 score predictions a week. Like, I, I'll do a <laughs> One of them's going to be right. Yeah, I'll do a – and I don't mean to. It's like it's like at that moment, that's what I feel. Because I'm not like an analyst where I'm like breaking it down. Well, I think Randall Cobb's going to have this. I think this. That. Like, I seen a, a Bears fan last week say, Justin Fields will throw four touchdowns, and they're, mm. they're going to win 21 nothing. I'm like, bro, your math does not add up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he said, Justin Fields is going to score four touchdowns and they're going to win 21 nothing. I'm like, I'm not I'm not a mathematician, but I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's possible. Listen, man, if you're a football fan, you should know what four touchdowns is, okay? Yeah, Football's should, uh, literally the only reason I can count by sevens. I know that. That's why, that's why whenever I have a rummage set, I don't sell none. Seven bucks, everything. I don't have a dollar, so I have a seven dollar store. I know how to come <laughs> But just imagine, like, if, if you're like a Lions fan, you couldn't do that. Because then no, you'd have to have a three dollar store. Yeah, because you get like get to 21, like, I don't even know what happens after that. I've never had That's a seven team. field goals. We never scored three <laughs> goals. That's how I'm gonna get. <laughs> That's funny as hell, bro. Yeah, I can go by threes, you know, three, six, nine. We're good there. It's a 12. <laughs> 
Vikings fans can't go by threes. They never ever kick it. Yeah, Vikings fans cannot. Dude, just imagine being a Vikings fan like with these kicks. Like, dude, if you're a Vikings fan and they go to kick a field goal to win the game, like, dude, I can't imagine the field. It's like the NFC Championship game every week for them. As far as like the stress level, their kicker drops on the field and they got to just be chugging beer. I don't know how they cope. Because, like, dude, that. I would the anxiety have level is thing. insane over there. I already know. Yeah. You imagine the anxiety. Oh shit, we're kicking again, Carol. You Dude, don't. You gotta. At that point, you gotta just be like, you know what? We're so good on third downs, but on the chance that we don't convert one, let's just go for it on fourth down. Yeah, maybe we'll be good on fourth down too. <laughs> like when Crosby had that day, Crosby against the Bengals. Every kick I was confident in. I was like, okay, yeah. he's got this one. He's got this one. And I was yeah. confident, like he, there's no way he's gonna miss this. He's not gonna miss, you know, this man in a row. And then he missed it. And I was, and I was like, man, I just caught a little bit of glimpse of being a Viking fan, like missing yeah. <laughs> field goals. And I, I shouldn't even say because that's disrespectful, to Mason Crosby. But yeah, I can't imagine that it's not just the playoffs; it's just all the time they kick a field goal. Like you, like even the kicker's gotta be like, bro, what are you doing? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in this situation again. Yeah, like, what are you doing? My mom's watching this. I thought we were going to convert on third down. I didn't even know what we're doing here. My family's here. I don't want to be embarrassed. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, okay. Just imagine that, like, being a kicker, and you just – you have a chance to win continuously, and you choke, and your kid – you go home, and the kid's like, what's up, bro? Like, kick it through the poles. Like, you were – like, that's your job, Dad. Like, I feel like okay. they're being judgment. You know what this is reminding me of? You ever hear Kevin Hart skit where he talks about his dad getting his ass whooped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the garbage? This yeah. is exactly what it's reminding me of. So you check out the garbage. I'll call Daryl back over here. Yeah, dude. I, just, yeah. I always think about that. Like, when players have kids, like, like if, if you have a bad day at work, you know, kids, and you're kind of cranking, ah. But, like, if you're, like, a quarterback and you throw, like, four interceptions, get blown out. Kids watch you on TV, like get sacked, fumble the ball, look like bomb. And then he's like, wow, dad didn't have a good day. Then the game ends and then, you know, ESPN comes on like, this guy's a piece of crap. They should trade him. He's horrible. Everyone hates him. And it's like, that's my dad. <laughs> like Jay Cutler's kids, you know? Oh, Jay Cutler. We made full circle. We made it a full circle back to Jay Cutler. Dude, Jay Cutler's kid came out smoking his pack of cigarettes. Let's get on. Come on. <laughs> Actually, Jay Cutler now. He, he, he's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's funny. pretty good on Twitter, yeah. All right, Jake, hit me with your score prediction. I went 37-17. I don't think it's going to be close at all. I really don't. All right. My score prediction, I had 38-13. to 13. I think five touchdowns and a field goal is happening for the Packers. Dude, we are always close on the numbers. We are always close. It's crazy. And then you got Matt. Packers by 30. <laughs> I don't pick the win by 30. <laughs> oh, no, I did. I, I said 45-10, didn't I? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I forgot what I said already. <laughs> make a new one. Packers by 30. I'll have a whole one. I'll, I'll make a video, and it'll be different. You'll be like, hey, you said at our show. <laughs> Five touchdowns. Packers, 30-0. to zero. It'll be 56 to nothing. <laughs> I was right one day. On a video I made, and people are like, "Oh, you were right. You were picked up the, the score perfect." I'm like, "Yeah, but I did like four of those. Like, not no really. Way. Dude, you like, gotta oh. own that shit. You gotta own that shit. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I, I mean, they're all pretty close. Like, you know, because I, I just wing it. Like, if I'm on someone's show and they're like, "What? 
or it's going to be like, I don't think about, I don't have it written down where I'm like, oh, I'm going to, this is my, what I, I just, whatever I feel that day. And sometimes I'm on a show and someone says like a good point, like, oh, that's a good point. And then I just like, all right, yeah, they're going to score 20 more points now. <laughs> now you got me jacked up. <laughs> yep, we're adding five for that. I had 40 to 10 Packers by 30, but after you said how bad the Washington defense is, I'm moving yeah. it up to 45. I think maybe 52, maybe 52 to 10. Let's switch it. <laughs> you guys got me jacked up now. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to thank you for joining us. It's always fun having you on the show. It's always a good time. So uh, anytime we can have you on the show, always, always welcome back. And it's always fun. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on, man. And sorry, I couldn't get it done last week. I was like dying. <laughs> hey, I'm glad yeah, we, we still got you to we still got you the week after the bears game and and the bears is what i was looking forward to having you on to talk about because it's always a, a fun fan base to see you talk about you're very good at poking at the vikings so i want you on for a vikings game this year. yeah yeah dude i i dude, viking fans are so easy bears fans don't bite as much there's a few that bite yeah, i was arguing some today and it's just entertaining for me but viking fans man they get like all in feelings like they will like Go to war and like not even about like anything serious like not like Aaron Rodgers saying I own you like I get why Bears fans are upset like I I kind of get like you know why they'd be like you know screw you right, right. but Vikings it's just like I'll be like hey your kicker is funny and then <laughs> they're like you're a piece of crap and you're <laughs> and they going off and telling me about Kirk Cousins numbers like they, and they don't like say Kirk Cousins is great they're like he's really good at third down oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I <laughs> I was that's uh yeah that's my dog somebody probably just walked by with a dog <laughs> <laughs> no my dogs are the same way but i'm upstairs yeah anyone like like he does my dogs don't think anyone's allowed to be outside and especially no, like, not, not on our sidewalk yeah and especially with leaves they like, can hear it more and like, my dog's just, like, trying to jump through a window. People outside, like, while wow, they have, like, a pack of Rottweilers in there. It's <laughs> just too <laughs> Now they're still going. Man, they're, they're having a whole conversation with that guy outside, man. Yeah, they're letting him know. There, there must be, like, a pack of wolves on my front lawn or He's something. By the, by the sound of his bark. You'd be like, it's probably, it's probably a squirrel. Yeah. Someone's on the porch with a machete. It's got to be that. And it's, <laughs> it, it, it can't just be the mailman. Yeah. Who, yeah. who walks by every single day. Yeah. Dude, and they, the dogs go crazy, dude. I have a little shit dog, dude. He barks at everything, man. Like, he always barks at me. I get home late on Tuesday nights. He'll just lose his shit. And I'm like, dude, I still live here. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, dogs are stupid. Oh my God. You can't say that, though. You can't say it. People like dogs. I like dogs. No. No, I, I love say, my dog. He's a, he's yeah. a good dog. But I like my dog, but I I I I, I, I have a baby in my house that I need yeah. to sleep. So I I trash talk my dog. I trash. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that doesn't really surprise me though. <laughs> no. My dog's name is Finley, uh, from from Michael Finley because I liked Finley. For a minute, right. So like, oh, my boy. whenever Finley would drop the ball, like you know he's a puppy, then we'd be like, Finley, come on, don't drop it. My dog would like run off. No, it's just Stanley dropping another freaking pass. That's funny. Yeah, I shouldn't end on that. I thought harder about. You know, we're not real creative bunch. We got a dog. Oh, there's a guy playing football for the Packers. Let's name him after him. A couple years later, he's gone. Trash talking the Packers. Yeah, that was a good pick. That's why we named my dog after one of after a mascot. That way, that doesn't change, and he's always beloved. 
Yeah. Yeah, my dog's got like a and he's actually the good one, so he's old, whatever. He barely climb on the bed. It's kind of like the real football player. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us, and uh, hopefully we can have you on again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. It was good talking to you guys. Yep, take care. Peace out. Oh, man. That guy's funny as shit, dude. That guy is funny. Oh, All man. right. So hit us with your weather report, and then we're going to talk about the Badgers and the Bucks yet. Okay, hold on one second. I got to put this cat back on. It's going crazy. My page flipped <laughs> over. So everybody just stay with me. All right. Oh, my God. I'm good. I flipped right to the page one page. All right. Here we go. Oh, look at you. Weather report. It is going to be 53 degrees. Northeast wind. Northeast. East northeast. Northeast winds at nine miles per hour and up to 15 mile per hour wind gusts. It'll be 48 degrees in the shade, so it'll be kind of chilly. Uh, it's October, it's gonna be cold, there's no rain, nothing really crazy to report. Let's go out there and kick some ass, man. All right, sounds good. Let's talk about the Badgers. So, my dad got married on Saturday night, so congrats to my dad and his uh, his now wife. They are on their honeymoon, so I doubt that they're watching, but. Um, so that's what I was up to on Saturday night. So I have I have some stats and some takeaways from this Badgers versus Army game. Um, you know, basically that the, the Army scored their 14 points all in the fourth quarter. Uh, but um, so I want to get your impressions from this game, the offense and the defense, and then uh, I just want to throw some stats out there before we do the preview. My first takeaway is I'm a little disappointed that we didn't kill them more. Um, the offense is. Still trying to find its footing, I think. Um, we use Graham Mertz as a runner. Uh, he was actually pretty good as a runner. He had two rushing touchdowns. Um, but the thing that I really took away, there's two things. First of all, Braylon Allen needs to be the starting running back. The season's already a wash, so it, we're kind of in the same situation as the Bears, as in the Badgers just need to let guys go out there and just figure it out. We're the same way with Mertz. Yep. Let's just open it up. Yep. Run what you got, and let's yep. just let the guy sling it. That's the only yep. way you're going to find out if the guy has what, what it takes. Yep. So, tell the old line, let's figure it out. We'll get our reps in. Like at this time, we're just getting peachy, you know. Um, but a couple key plays that happened. Uh, we ran a fake punt in the second quarter uh, with six 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 sixteen left, and we actually picked it up. Um, after that, we threw a, a deep pass to Danny Davis on the left sidelines, and it was a really really great adjustment, a great catch by Danny Davis. And that's when Mertz ended up scampering in the ends on the left side. Nice. And then uh, Leo Chanel, dude, that guy had the game of his freaking life. I told you there's a big three in the linebackers. I told he, you. He had the game of his life, man. He had 17 tackles. Last week when we talked, our leading tackler was Noah Birch with 16 total. Chanel had 17 in one game. He was in the backfield consistently. He had eight solo tackles. He had a sack, and one was a forced fumble, which set up Mertz's other touchdown because we recovered the ball like the two or three yard line. And he had two and a half tackles for loss. I mean, Leo Chanel was really the player of the game. I mean, Braylon Allen had some really, really nice runs where he was kind of – and the thing that I like about Braylon Allen, as I'm rambling on here, he uh, he has really, really good balance for a big guy. You know, you see him, he stops. He's a low he's center like, of gravity. Over, you know, like. He has good feet for a big guy, and that's yep. you know feet is really the 
the standard for running backs. They can they can jump cut, they can get through the holes. Like he found his way through a couple of tight cracks, and it's kind of like, okay, he could take that pounding, he could take that punching. He's like Big Ten football, old school, is it's it's ugly a lot of times, man. It's fifty rushing attempts, low scoring. Like we saw it with the Penn State game. Uh, Brilliant, and he's only seventeen years old. That's another thing. That's insane. Yeah. Um, he had a 33-yard run. Total, he had 16 rushes for 108 yards and a touchdown. He broke that. One, he broke one out to the left side for a big long gain. Uh, Army man, they just they had 50 attempts and 179 rush yards. So I mean, they did what they did. Yeah, they like stuck with their said. identity. Yeah, they they didn't start breaking out to the fourth quarter. I mean, the Badgers got a 20 to 14 win, but they just gotta let the offenses go. Man. I mean, we're three and three. We're not. We're we're looking at you know like a Goodyear Tire Thanksgiving Day Bowl or whatever. They got a hundred ball games. We'll still make one. We're gonna beat up on these little teams. I don't know if we're gonna beat Purdue though, but we'll get to that in a sec. So for me, after looking at this, the couple things that I had to take away was one, I called the big three. I called that. The big oh. three being Leo Chanel, Jack Sanborn, and, and Nick Herbig. Those three combined for thirty six tackles. Yeah, that's a lot. And then Scott Nelson added 11. Um, and then the other thing with this is on the offensive side of the ball, they they got to stop turning the ball over. Yeah. yeah. They, they got to clean up the fumbles, and, and Mertz needs to clean up the interceptions. So um, on defense, just basically keep doing what you're doing, try to force some turnovers, and then on the offensive side, keep doing what you're doing, but stop turning the ball over. I can see that. <clears throat> All right, so let's talk about the Badgers and Purdue um Purdue really kind of put the the college football world on notice this past week. Yes, they did. they played number 2 Iowa and held them to one they score. They beat them 24 to 7. And the thing that concerns me as far as Purdue is concerned is their their strength of their offense is their passing game. And that's something yeah. that the Badgers are susceptible to is a good passing game. Uh, Aiden O'Connell for Purdue last week was 30 of 40 for 375 yards and two touchdowns. And their leading oh, receiver, no. David Bell, had 11 receptions for 240 yards and a touchdown. Yep, he went nuts. I watched so most Purdue, of that second half. Oh, my God. That Purdue, they don't have much of a run game, so the Badgers probably control them there. But for me, the, the key to this game, I'm, I'm really not even – concerned about the offense versus Purdue's defense because basically do what you do and you'll be fine. But what I'm keying on in this game is for the the pass rush to get there early and often to try to slow down their passing game because I don't think our corners are anything to write home about. They have some decent experienced corners with the Badgers, but you know there's there's nobody that's going to be drafted. So the the pass rush needs to create early pressure and consistent, constant pressure to not give Aiden O'Connell a chance to to sit back and pick apart a defense. So that's where I'm at with this game. All right. We're doing Wisconsin. So I wrote down David Bell as well. He's my X factor for you know stopping him. I would honestly just probably double him. Because when I was looking at their receiving yards, I was like, okay, so they're basically like Packers where it's like David Bell and up. They also they use three quarterbacks. So Aiden O'Connell, we brought him up. He is their leading passer with 1,118 yards. He has six touchdowns, five interceptions. 
And then they use Jack Plummer, who I have no idea if he has a relationship to Jake Plummer. I would assume he does. Age seems about, about the right thing. Um, he has 843 yards, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. So he's been more efficient. And then they have Austin Burton. He's kind of more of the dual threat kind of guy. He's only throwing six passes. He's five for six, 44 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. And he has nine rushes for 29 yards. So they kind of just bring him in to give the defense like, oh, okay, when this guy's in, we're doing this thing. And the other two, they kind of sling it. The thing about this game is, first of all, we're going to Purdue. So that's going to be tough. And Purdue is on emotional high. So maybe after that, they're overlooking us. We could come in there. Maybe we could smash them in the mouth and catch them by surprise. You know what's really weird about this game is it always seemed like the Badgers were a good top 15 team, and Purdue was always our trap game that we'd lose. And now it's flipped, and the Badgers have a chance to be a trap game for Purdue. I was just going to say that, dude. <laughs> it's it's really weird that yeah. the you know that it's it's the uh, script is flipped. So yeah. <clears throat> Iowa did have some success running the ball on Purdue. So you know that's going to be the Badgers' key to success is not only the pass rush, like I mentioned, but if they can run the ball effectively and sustain drives and control the time of possession, there's there's a recipe for success to be had here, and there's a, a path to see the Badgers winning this game. Um, I unfortunately am not predicting it that way i'm gonna predict that the that the purdue boilermakers win 24 to 17 but there's there's no reason to think that the badgers have no chance in this game because there's there's two things basically that the badgers are good at that can win them this game and that's pass rush and running the ball what do you think so running the ball is actually one of my keys i'm gonna get into that right now the badgers average 207 rush yards a game and they average giving up 64 after giving up a ton to Army. The Purdue Boilermakers only average 88 rush yards per game on offense, and they give up 116. So if the Badgers can couple running the ball with my key last week, and actually it was kind of funny. I said it last week, and then the Associated Press wrote about it after their game against Army. So yeah, maybe maybe we have a future in this. I'm just saying. <laughs> the Badgers have an outstanding defense, and we've been talking about that all year. The one thing they don't do – Turn the ball over. If the Badgers can find a way to turn the ball over and run the ball and control the clock, this is still the fan of me talking. It's still my heart coming out of my mouth. But I am predicting a win. I'm predicting 17 to 15. It's going to be ugly. The Badgers are going to have to grind it out. If Graham Mertz doesn't hurt us and just manages the game and the defense forces a turnover or two, because, you know, you've seen Aiden O'Connor. He has six touchdowns and five picks. It's not like he's lighting up the world over there. I mean, they got they got a lot of receiving yards. They throw for a lot of yards already this season. I was going to say, he accumulated a lot of yards, yeah. But he gives the other team opportunities as well. So if the Badgers can capitalize on that and run the ball and force turnovers themselves, I could see a path that we can win this game. This game's not till 2 o'clock, by the way, if anybody's trying to watch it. Badgers are actually favored to win this game by 3, and the over-under is 40. Oh, I would take I, the under. I feel oh, like I'd I take the under. Every Badger game that I've seen ever since seeing the offense, I'm like, take the under, take the under. And I've never in my life thought, like, okay, in football, I'm going to take the under. Because usually you take the over because that's just a safe bet. But the safe bet with the Badgers is taking the under 100% of the time. Oh, with with a, a slow-moving offense and a great defense? Yeah. You take know the what under. You're about to get. It's about to be a grind. I see the, I see the path. Um, so I'm going to do my weather report real quick. 
Um, All right, do it up. It's going to be 61 degrees. Um, and northwest winds at one mile per hour. So really no wind, no rain in the forecast, low cloud coverage. This is just going to be good old-fashioned smash mouth football. If you like people running into each other on purpose, this is your game to watch. Big Ten is awesome, man. I love Big yeah. Ten football. I mean, the you know, the lack of any you know inclement weather. I mean, this would be a nice game to see Mertz hit on some deep throws. He's had a lot of overthrows this year, so it would yep. be nice to see Graham Mertz connect on some of those plays this weekend. And um, I would love to be wrong about this. So, um, you know, if the Badgers can turn around and win this game, you know, 30 to zero, that would be cool. I'd totally be okay with being wrong. <laughs> I don't want him to get expectations in there because then we're just going to get crushed twice all in here. <laughs> hey. <clears throat> All right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about with the Badgers? No, no. I'm ready for some Bucks, though. Oh, let's talk about the Bucks. That was that was last night. That was an awesome game. I gotta say. So they get their rings, they hang the banner. Which, all right, this is this is a really weird preference thing. But when they're like, all right, reveal the banner, and you know Middleton counted it down from five, and instead of like just going and ripping the blanket off. Or going to, and letting it fall, it was. Yeah, I hated that too. Like, why? Like, we waited fifty years. We only fifty years to reveal the banner. <laughs> so, oh, hey, there's Tyler. Oh my God, peekaboo! <laughs> oh, that's the Bucks logo under there. I totally didn't even see that with all yeah. the green on there. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I would have just yeah, a band aid rip would have been much better than the super duper slow reveal. So let's talk about this Bucks and Nets game. And the Bucks got off to a hot start, weathered some runs, pushed the lead back up, weathered some more runs, pushed the lead back up, weathered some runs, pushed the lead back up, and finished the game in a blowout. So let's let's just go through the game. I mean, I I pretty much wrote down notes as I watched the entire game and and had a lot of thoughts. So um, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I watched a lot of uh, ESPN this morning. And a lot of them were talking about how they weren't giving an excuse to the Nets for missing Kyrie Irving. That's totally his decision. But there was other people that were bringing up the Bucks missing people too. Yep. We missed Drew Holiday for a whole half, basically. Yep. Bobby Portis wasn't there. Ethan yep. Tenzo wasn't there. Yep. I mean, Grayson Anderson was the Buck. Like, I mean, there's just a lot of shit that happened. I mean, we, we saw the maybe the emergence of Jordan Mora. I mean, he had he had a pretty damn good game in my opinion. I had zero expectations for the guy coming into the season, so yep. for him to really do anything and hit a couple threes, I was just kind of like, "Well, okay, this game's kind of it means nothing really, but it means something because of tiebreaker at the end of the year. Really, is what it is for. Same thing with the next game against. Well, so, and, and the nice thing about it is, you know, you start the year off with a win against a good team. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to deal with the bad taste in your mouth of, oh, here we go. The Brooklyn Nets started off with a win against the defending champs. You don't have to deal yeah. with that. Yeah. And the Lakers lost last night. So the Nets and the Lakers, the two teams that everybody's picking over the Bucks. the Bucks are yep. disrespected. It's just like the whole offseason. I will say, one. Bleacher Report did have the Bucks number one in their power rankings. As they should. The Bucks are two best players that played together for how long? They just Nine won years. the damn title. Yep. Yeah, like. Dude, I, there, there's no like we have the same coach, who's damn good, deserves some respect. He makes some errors here and there, but what coach doesn't? It's not gonna be perfect. Four out of five returning starters. I mean, yeah, man, it's 
And I, the one thing I really wanted to point out was Grayson Allen, man. I was really, really impressed with Grayson Allen. I think he's going to be a guy that really just – when you build a team, you want it to be like a puzzle, right? Like, okay, this piece fits here, this piece fits here. Grayson Allen is that piece where it was, it's kind of like that weird little knobby piece in the middle. And it's like, oh, we got to fill that. How do we fill that? And Grayson Allen's just like, oh, I got it. He's getting steals. His hands, he's in passing lanes. He's annoying. Like, he's shooting three, so he's spreading the ball around. He had six assists last night. Like, ten points, four rebounds, six assists. That is everything that we asked for out of him. He had a lot of open shots, so he really could have scored a lot more. He was three for ten on threes. But he still made three of them, so you still have to respect him. And like I said, the six assists to go along with it, man, I mean, he had one steal. I think it was on Durant. Durant was, like, driving from the left to the middle. And he just rips right out of Durant's hands. We got to run all after that. And I'm just like, dude, this Grayson Allen pickup is going to be massive. And I don't know. He wasn't really the premier ball uh, defender on James Harden, was he? That was more no, Drew. And Drew was giving him problems, bro. My favorite play of the whole game was really early when Harden shot that three. And he tried to do that little floppy thing on Giannis. And he, could, he, and he didn't the get the call. So then he tried to go back on defense, and he actually fouled Giannis, and Giannis got the and one. I was like, let's go! Oh, my God. That was so – I tweeted it last night. I'm like, it's literally the first possession of the season, and James Harden is already complaining to the refs. Already. Dude, and Blake Griffin was in that, that girl ref's ear all night, dude. All night. It's so annoying. All like, like James Harden, he's not a dumb guy. No. You know the rule changed. Why are you trying to get the same calls? For real, dude. Like everybody, everybody, and the adjustment process that he's gonna have to go through. If I'm it's gonna big. switch to be pro James Harden, it is big. But he's gonna have to make the refs think that he's a physical player, because for how long now he's been, you know, riding on these, you know, really really shitty calls and flops and ticky tack calls. Like he's gonna have to show that he could be physically dominant, and he is a strong guy. You see yep. Giannis trying to back him down a couple times, and he's kind of holding it. And, like, Giannis is obviously body of a Greek god. So it's like for him to hold him back, it's pretty good. He's Giannis, got a low center of gravity, but, yeah. Giannis has got to go at him, though. I'm going to say that. Because yeah. James Harden's not known as a great defender. Giannis, go and baby his little ass, okay? He's yeah, don't, yeah. yeah, you don't, don't need to do the post fade on Harden. Yeah, no. Don't go on him, you know? Get your layup. You're going to get you're gonna get a clean shot. It's either that or you're going to get fouled. And Giannis' free throw routine – it's, it's better. I we yeah we need to I'll talk about you. it because it's better. I'll let you, I'll let you have a floor now for a little while. All right. So you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna run through my whole set of here set of notes here. So early in the game, it was they talked about it on the broadcast that the Bucks mm-hmm. were killing the offensive boards. They yep. stayed active. Giannis had like four offensive rebounds in like one possession earlier, and yeah. and that was without Bobby Portis, who was one of our best offensive rebounders last year. Yeah. So the Bucks staying active on offensive rebounds is still something that's a huge improvement from the year before last year. Coming into last year was the better offensive rebounding, and that's continued so far this year. So that is something I want to see continue is offensive rebounding and second chance points. Uh, Giannis getting that block on Claxton. Giannis is already in midseason form on defense. He is everywhere. So the Bucks come out in the first quarter, 37 to 25, no turnovers. Five different players made threes in the first quarter. And Giannis had 13 points and eight rebounds in the first quarter. Uh, Drew was two for two on threes. 
he struggled from the three-point line at times last year. So if he can kind of have some positive regression and, and shoot better on threes this year, he could be real big, like real big trouble. And my bold prediction of three all-stars for the Bucks would look really good. Yeah. Brooke Lopez was hitting threes. Pat Connaughton was hitting threes. Pat Connaughton finished with 20 points last night. Yeah, the Bucks went until four minutes and 29 seconds left in the first half before they committed their first turnover. Yep, that stupid pass that went over the head. Yeah, Middleton just and threw Middleton. one a little bit too far. Yep. So all of that, um, they were contesting jump shots well. Um, Pat Connaughton, um, you kind of mentioned Drew Holiday, Giannis. Everybody was doing well contesting jump shots without getting in the landing area like LaMarcus Aldridge did to Middleton, got under his legs. That's still a fault. That rule hasn't changed. Um, the great ball movement, um, you get a defensive rebound, ball gets handed off to Middleton, and he throws a full-court pass, touchdown to Giannis for a dunk and one. That was That's just beautiful basketball. That is mid-season Hundred percent chemistry, just throwing the ball up there where your guy can get it and the other guy can't. Giannis getting the dunk and the foul. I mean, it's just just beautiful basketball. Yeah. The uh, Jordan Wara coming in on the second unit. He's going to be the second unit shooting guard until Dante is healthy. Now, I I want people to kind of temper their expectations with Jordan Wara a little bit because when Dante comes back, he's taking Nora's minutes. Those minutes aren't coming from Grayson Allen. Those minutes aren't coming from Drew Holiday. Those minutes are coming from Jordan Mora. So I just I want people to not freak out when it happens because it's it's going to happen that when Dante's healthy, Mora is going to get less minutes. Um, that being said, it's good to see Jordan Mora being a willing defender and rebounder. He's got some work to do on on pump fakes and positioning, and you know just some lateral quickness and stuff. But he's athletic. He showed it off. He had a strip, and then the ball got outletted for a score. He ran the pick and roll with Giannis, and then he had the block on Kevin Durant. Now, I said to you this before the show that that play does not say, just doesn't show that Jordan Wara is a great defender. That play was about athleticism more than it was about defense, but it was a great play. So, credit to Jordan Wara. It was a great play. Got the block on Kevin Durant. Also, with the hustle that he showed, uh, there was a ball that was tipped away. That uh, was a block, actually. Um, and the ball was going out of bounds. Jordan Wara jumped, saved it, and the Bucks yep. got the rebound and went outletted and scored in transition, which that's a whole other thing on its own. The Bucks transition game, just fantastic. Um, the passing is so crisp. It was. And second quarter, Mamu got some playing time. This is another injury thing, but we got to see a little bit of Mamu last night. Now, no Semi Ojale, no Bobby Portis. So there you go. There's your there's your Mamu minutes right there. Oh, I kind of like that. I kind of like that <laughs> Mamu that minutes. Say, <laughs> <laughs> he started he started the second quarter. He was working well with Jordan Wara. They kind of ran a little two man game, and uh, Jordan Wara ended up getting a three without there. So, um, like I said, they they withstood the runs. Uh, Brooklyn cut the lead to five in the second quarter, and they pushed it all the way back up to 19. So they weathered the run, pushed that game all the way back up. Drew Middleton didn't play in the second half. Chris Middleton played in the second half, and it was mid-range murder. Chris Middleton was making all of his mid-range. He was putting moves on KD, shooting over KD, shooting over double teams. He was dribbling out of double teams. 
Chris Middleton did a lot in the second half. And and he was making everything on his way to 20 points, nine rebounds, and three assists. So Chris Middleton picked up the slack on offense in the second half. Obviously, Giannis just everywhere, um, getting dunks, layups, drawing contact, finishing through contact. He had a left-handed glass layup that he put up over Kevin Durant that kissed off the top of the glass and went in, didn't even touch the inside of the square. So, I mean, Giannis is finishing with power and finesse. So Giannis is doing it all. Middleton's hitting all of his jumpers. Drew was hitting threes before he went out with the injury. Being game one, you take the cautious approach. It's a heel bruise for Drew Holiday, so I wouldn't say it's outside the realm of possibility that he plays tomorrow night. Um, But then going to a guy like Pat Connaughton, made some tough finishes around the rim. He had a couple dunks from just, you know, he's getting some nice cuts. He finished some nice layups through contact. Um, I mean, you really can't ask for anything else from this Bucks team in game one. You blew out a, a team that's supposed to, um, you know, take the cake this year, and you, you took it and put it to them. Now, what I want to say is that adding Kyrie to this team does not change this game because I heard this all through the playoffs that if oh if Kyrie was healthy if the Nets were healthy there's still one basketball that's what we said when you made this trade there's one basketball so adding a guy doesn't automatically add all of his stats to what you already had his touches come at the expense of other players touches Brooklyn shot a good percentage last night adding Kyrie doesn't just add 25 points to your total Brooklyn still would have lost last night with Kyrie. They might have had a couple less turnovers and the game might have been closer because the Bucs got a lot of extra possessions from the Nets having turnovers and a lot of one-and-dones, so the Bucs got extra possessions that way. But adding Kyrie to your team doesn't just add all the production without subtracting anything from anybody else. And with Kyrie, that, that production comes at the expense of Kevin Durant and James Harden because they handle the ball the most. All right, so I'm going to hit on that point. Kevin Durant was not really having the greatest game, you know, going into halftime because they were letting James Harden handle the ball. And they were trying to run a lot of pick and roll, and he kept throwing it to Claxton, and Claxton finished, you know, a couple of them. But it's like, dude, I will live with that all day because we are getting three buckets to your one alley-oop lob that you're going to show on the highlight reel. But we beat your ass, basically, is what I was thinking. I was like, go ahead, throw it again. Throw it again. I don't care. You're turning the ball over missing layups. We're getting runouts on that. You can't keep up with us. And that, oh, just wait till we play the Lakers. We're going to run that eight. We're going to run Ooh, a yeah. whole, different, whole different retirement home. They ran out of gas game. after three quarters last night. And I understand it's game one, but, dude, the, the Bucks are youthful. We, we I was going to say, if, if there's a game that you're well-rested for, it should be game one. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, I just – I got into a whole debate yesterday. I want to know, you know, you can comment on this video later. Do you guys think that Anthony Davis is better than Giannis? Because he's not. There's, no, he's not. I think Anthony Davis is a fantastic player. I am not yep. talking any trash about him. He's, he's top 10. Player. Yep, he can shoot the ball. He can handle a little bit. He, he can, can defend. Defense. But, like, for a Lakers fan to come and tell me that, he, that Anthony Davis handles the ball better than Giannis is – no. Giannis brings the ball up for one. He, he ran point guard for a while last night. 
He yeah, he he runs, you know, well, if you bring the ball up your point guard, I heard that too. But he he runs he runs pick and rolls as the ball handler at yeah. six foot eleven. He finishes on the rim off the dribble against bigs and smalls all the time. And he's an underrated passer. He's Dude, he's time. he's gotten better literally every single year as a passer, and people yeah. still don't give him credit for how good of a passer he is. The thing that people don't understand, and this is the point that I really, really want to make, want to make and I told you I was watching a lot of ESPN, and I heard Stephen A. Smith say this, and I know not a lot of people respect Stephen A. Smith, but when he talks basketball, I listen to him because the man's been around basketball for a long, long time. He said that Kobe Bryant is looking down. He's smiling looking down at Giannis because Giannis just won the goddamn title. He's a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, most improved player of the year. And this man's coming out here. He takes his ring, he puts it down, and he goes out there and he hands the business to the Brooklyn Nets on national television, acting like he ain't got shit. Like he's still selling CDs and shoes. This man is He's he's already they've already forgotten about the title. Chris Middleton said it like we just need to forget about it, act like it didn't happen, and then repeat it and do it again. And I want people, and you know, I I was hard on Chris Middleton for a long, long time because I wanted one thing. I said to show up when it matters. But at this point, with these rules and how Middleton looked last year, and how I've seen James Harden look in the playoffs, when we play the Brooklyn Nets, I want them to start talking about four superstars. That's how I really feel. Chris Middleton had a greater impact last night than James Harden by far. Easily. Easily. And in the season, Chris Middleton had a way bigger impact than James Harden in the playoffs. James Harden never showed up in the playoffs. And Chris Middleton, that was his one hitch. I was always about that. But Chris Middleton showed up last year and we needed him. So they better start giving Chris Middleton his respect. And a big reason, you know, a big, big reason why, you know, last week I gave my predictions on Middleton improving his stats is because they won the title. So he got that monkey and that pressure off his back. So I think that maybe that may be a thing that he's unleashed. You know, he doesn't have to play with the pressure all 82 games and then all the seven game series in the playoffs. Like he's okay now. He can decompress and he can just be free. So I think Chris Middleton's going to be unleashed this year. The way that Drew Holiday was looking, bro, like the Bucks are a problem, bro. We are a problem. <laughs> That's all I know. And dude, and this team, it's deep. Like it yeah. is so deep. You saw Jordan Wara, a second year player who read the bench the entire season last year, come in and toss up 15 and 6 against the title favorite. Man. James Harden finished six of sixteen last night. And like all six of the baskets that he made was in like a four minute stretch. He had like 15 points coming into like the last few minutes of the third quarter. He finished with 20. Yeah. He kept trying to do that flop thing on a three pointer. And I'm like, he he just kept falling down and then calling for, you know, asking for fouls and, you know, do he did a lot of this. So yeah. I, I personally, like I, I don't respect James Harden's game no. at all. I mean, I respect Kyrie's game. I don't. I mean, I've talked about it all the time. He's a nutcase. But Kevin Durant, I mean, I know he was being a big baby on Twitter with all the burners and shit. But he, that guy, he could score. He, yeah, he is he's, the he's only great. problem on that team. Yep. I mean, Patty Mills had a great game last night. Yep. But yep. in a seven-game series, he's gonna do that what? Maybe once or twice. And right. where the hell is Joe Harris? 
dude, dude, I, dude, I. Since I said he was an X Factor in the series last year, boom, gone. He he does not know how to shoot threes anymore. He was like three for nine last night. Gone. I don't understand what happened. Like he was the he was like leading the NBA in three point percentage or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. His confidence has got to be shot or something. There's something going on, dude. Family stuff. I don't know. I mean, something's going on. But he, he is nowhere to be found right now. So you talked about Giannis. He finished with 32 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal, and 2 blocks. Getting really, really close to, to the first game of, of me predicting that Giannis is going to have a triple-double as my most bold prediction um, as for an average. So maybe if he com- comes out and has a big game, they play Miami tomorrow. They play at San Antonio on Saturday, and they play at Indianapolis on Monday. So they got a little three-game road trip coming up here. Um, They got a new-look Miami Heat team. Kyle Lowry's on that team now. Healthy Jimmy Butler, and then Bam Adebayo. So that's their their big three. Um, San Antonio, they're in a rebuild. That's that's where they're at. Um, San Antonio's full rebuild. And then they're looking at the Indiana Pacers, who are probably going to be in that like seven to ten range. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if they're. Time. Yep. So the yeah they're looking in that play-in tournament area. I mean, Malcolm Brogdon just got re-signed, so he's there for a while. Um, I think they should have Karis LeVert. I'm not 100 percent positive, but um, and then they got Miles Turner and Demontis Sabonis in their front court. So. Um, That'll be that'll be a big game for Brooke Lopez, whose interior defense has not gotten worse with his age. So nope. Brooke Lopez still doing his thing. He's still hey. just patrolling the paint. He had that one play yesterday, and I was like, whoa, like he was hustling back, protecting the rim. I'm like, this he, is yeah, game he, yeah. one. Game one, and you're busting ass. This Bucks team wants to go back to back so bad. Dude. Nobody's giving him the respect. I hope we go back to back so bad, dude. Like, dude, there's win, there's dude. not a team outside maybe Utah that I wouldn't pick the Bucks to to win a, a championship series in in six games or less. Yeah, I, and I mean that, like even a fully healthy Nets, a fully healthy Lakers, like the way this Bucks team like plays and their depth and their chemistry and their culture, like. I don't know how you couldn't like the Bucks. This is super early in the year, but I don't know how you couldn't like the Bucks to repeat right now. Hey, Tim Legler said it. Uh, I mean, uh, who else said it? I don't, I don't remember the other guy. There was somebody else. Charles ESPN. Barkley said it. Yeah, Charles Barkley. Uh, he's he, on TNT, but. Yeah, he's he's like hardly ever right. But he was right last year when he picked the he Bucks. Was right, he was. He said that. Um, but, I mean. There's been there's been enough people that really are picking the Bucks, but it's just the mainstream media really just wants the East Coast versus West Coast thing. So there's more people and stuff, but it's like, give me give me the guy from Greece, you know, and I like dunking on people and embarrassing him. I'm all for that. All right, you have anything else Bucks related? I got one more thing to talk about. I do not know. All right. So we're going to close the show out with a teeny tiny little bit of Brewers news. They fired hitting coach Andy Haynes. So the Brewers are going to have a new hitting coach next year. And the assistant hitting coach was told that he's free to pursue other opportunities. So the assistant hitting coach isn't getting the job either. 
Uh, David Stern said they're looking at internal and external options, and there's a lot of good candidates out there. So mm-hmm. I want them to take their time with this decision because um, that's the area that the Brewers need to improve the most is hitting. So um, sure. new hitting coach coming to the Brewers next year. Hopefully it can make a difference and uh, put the offense to go with the defense and pitching that this team has. Just so much wasted potential, I think. Unfortunately. And, and you know, it's I'm uh, this is really weird, and I hope that it turns out the same way, but I'm really starting to see a lot of parallels between the Bucks and the Brewers where they they had these years where they're so close. You know, the Bucks were in the Eastern Conference Finals up to nothing, then they had back-to-back early playoff exits, and then they, they went all the way. And within all of that, there was people calling for Budenholzer's head, and now it's happening where people are calling for Craig Council, and the Brewers have had some early playoff exits after being so close. They had a Game 7 in 2018, and now they don't had some early playoff exits. So it's it's weird, but I'm really seeing some some parallels here. And uh hopefully the Brewers can go over the top like the Bucks did. Hey, it's just a matter of time, I think. That's really what I think. Same thing with the Packers. I mean, a lot of people are really freaking out and thinking like this might be the last dance. But you know, after Rogers' comments and seeing how locked in he is. I think we're getting. I think we're going to get more in one year with Rodgers and Devontae. That's really how I feel. I I really agree with you on that. Just the way that they talk about it, and and the way that mm-hmm. Rodgers has gone from, you know, what Schefter said about not wanting to be here to you know, there's a way I can come back this year to the team working with him to go through this yeah. year and and talk about next year. And then yeah. Rogers saying that you know there's a way that I could see staying with the Packers. So like the the door is open. And, you know, the more that they win and play well, you know, the further open that door gets. Well, and on top of that, they're bringing in free agents that fit in the money. And, like, people are starting to take, like, they just had to listen and show Rodgers that respect, dude. And, Mm -hmm. like, you know, these guys are taking pay cuts to come here. Like, Merciless is a good player. He's still got plenty in the tank, dude. He can get after the quarterback. He can make tackles on open field, put pressure on people, like, He's a good player. He is going to be yep. nothing but good for our defense. I'm going to give Jalen Smith a couple weeks. I will I mean, say I'm I'm more excited about Whitney Merciless than I was about Jalen oh, Smith. I mean, Merciless has been a better player in his career. Easily. Not even close. But it's not like Barnes really looked good against the Bears either. Let that one touchdown go. And the guy was just wide open. He was just and I said it, I don't remember if I said it to yeah. you, but I was like, what is he doing? And you were like staring at fields. And I'm like, yeah, you can't do that though. I mean, I understand if he was the spy, but it looked like he was supposed to switch. It looked like he was playing zone and then just stopped moving. You can't be in no man's land. That's just the end of the story. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to let the second linebacker figure itself out. Thank God we have Devondre Campbell playing at the level he is. He gets to go and play the Cardinals in a few weeks and he might be a difference maker in that game. I'm just saying he got released by the Cardinals. So with that being said, Hopefully, I'm hoping merciless. I don't think he's going to play this week, but hopefully next week he could play against, you know, the Cardinals and apply some pressure on Kyler. And Kyler likes to turn the ball over. We'll talk more about that next week. But I'm pretty excited. I'm pumped up. Packers are good. Bucks are back, man. Like, let's do this shit, bro. So we're going to have college basketball soon, so we're going to have to do primers for the basketball. And what you didn't bring up today was November 4th. Oh, I'm about to. Really quick on your topic of being released because the Packers did release Quinton Dunbar. So um, that happened. So November 4th, Jake mentioned it. 
live show, Green Bay Parker Johns, Thursday night, November 4th, 6.30. Come and hang out with us. Uh, we're going to have some stuff to give away. We're going to have tons of Packard talk of that day and some good food at Parker Johns. And uh, it's just, it's going to be fun. Um, yep. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So come and hang out with us at the Green Bay Parker Johns. It's really close to Lambeau. And um, we're going to have tons of Packer talks. So um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So if uh, you don't have anything else, I will see you next week then. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Go Bucks, go Packers and Badgers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.